Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure. Run fast on Raw Dog. Serious XM Comedy Hits. Channel 99. It's the Ron and Fez show on St. Patrick's Day in New York City. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I have no idea what it is this year, but this seems like the lightest St. Patrick's Day march that I can ever remember. Uh, Normally... It's madness trying to get in here, maybe because it's a cold day, but I think I remember cold days before. But Chris, have you noticed it's not so crazy this year? Uh, It is dead out there, and there's been ice storms on St. Patrick's Day, and the city has been just filled with drunk people by this time. You know what? It's almost like public drunkenness is... um it's like a turnoff to people these days. People, I think, drink in their own homes. Uh, but we'll get into that in just a little bit. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Still uh, um, trying to find the missing plane. And so far, I've decided I most agree with Anthony's theory. It's in Pakistan, um, later to be used as a bomb. The um, that's been that was pushed even harder this weekend by a bunch of different sources. Remember who came up with it first, though? That was Anthony. Anthony Cumia. Because I remember when he first said it, is when I was still trying to look underwater. Also, they also came out that they're investigating the pilot, who they said moved his family out the day before he had to go. Yeah, but the reasons that they give, like I do think the pilot was involved, but not for the reasons that they are. I think I think the cover up is starting and act like it's some. Oh. They said it was a Malaysia. He was mad at the government. Yeah, an local. opposition leader got uh, yeah. jailed. Um, and his candidate was put away for being a homosexual. Yeah. So they're trying to make it anti-gay already. But I think for some, you know, that this thing is. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote George W. Bush, evil. I think evil forces are involved somewhere. Um. All right, so we got that. We'll try to get on under, because I believe the plane is still out there. And I think it's somewhere with, like, branches over it, like Marty's DeLorean. <laughs> and Back to the Future. I think he's just, he's pushed it beside, behind a sign and then put some branches over it. And for some reason, no one can find that back in the 1950s. Really lazy back then. That's a movie, Chris. I got to tell you time and time again. Um, Oh, March Madness. Get on top of the March Madness deal. Uh, We are giving away signed basketball by Kevin Durant. I think you can sign up even um, 
I know, a couple of times. So go over to the iBang, click on, enjoy yourself, have fun. It's March Madness. Win the Kevin Durant. I certainly want it this year more than anything else. I want to take that Kevin Durant ball and just stick it in all your faces. No. And go like this. I have it. And then you know what I'm going to do? Light it on fire. Don't light. He's going to be MVP. Don't light that on fire. That's why I'm lighting it. Because I want to destroy something beautiful. That's my (laughs) sick reference from Fight Club. Uh, But head on over right now and sign up for March Madness. See if you can beat me, Peppy Hamburger, Shelby, and even Fez Watley, who you never do very good, Fez. But this year, I believe you're going to be our highest gay-ranked player. Yes. Is there a gay division? There should be. Regular straight division, men's division. Normal division. Then a woman's division. And then special needs division. All right. Sure. That's the handicapable. The, that's, the, that's the word to call them, special needs. Um, and then under that, the gay division. Because you guys don't know sports. I, I like guess a uniforms. lot of people used to be mean to you in the locker rooms. <laughs> they love those uniforms, though. Yeah, they do. Um... So this weekend was a wild one for us because we lost David Brenner, uh, and I had no idea that that was all coming down, and uh, I didn't even know that he was sick. Uh, He had done an unmasked a few years back and uh, was such a great guy. was really one of our smartest unmasked, one of the really early ones, too, and... um, so we came back in and we decided to jump on the air and uh, so many of David's friends got in touch with us that night. Uh, Bobby Slayton, Jimmy J.J. Walker, Gary Goldman was devastated, Kevin Pollack, uh, Jeffrey Gurian uh, blew me away because he got in touch with Rick Newman who started Catch a Rising Star in 1972, and Bud Friedman from the Improv, who started the Improv back in the 60s. Those two guys were on the show with us. I don't know whether they've ever been on the show together ever. I'm not even sure. Uh, Eddie Brill and Alan Zweibel. So uh, we did somewhat of a... Uh, of an Irish wake that night, uh, talking to his friends, hearing stories, some of it very sad, some of it incredibly funny, and we're trying to get that on the on-demand for you. Um, There's been a little bit of a hang-up, but we'll try to have that on by the end of the show today, but we'll also play uh, clips. Uh, David Brenner passed away over the weekend, and we'll get to that in just a little bit and play clips for you. Um, some of the people to talk to, Jimmy Walker, it was just hysterical to hear some of those stories. Because you have to remember, just figure like all these guys were together at one time. And it was like Jimmy Walker, David Brenner, Gabe Kaplan, Steve Landisberg, I think Robert Klein was part of that. And they were just like... A group of guys, you know what I mean? Like, no one thought of them as the second coming or anything. They were like the first comedians to kind of work out of the improv-type environment rather than up in the mountains. And uh, all those guys went on to get TV shows and specials. 
And th- those were like the first wave before the big comedy boom um, came after that, the late 70s into the 80s. Uh, but we're going to play some of the folks um, from this the other night. Uh, Slayton, I think, was the first person to put up that he had died. He had tweeted it. And then everyone got mad at him because I guess it hadn't gone out yet. Then Joan uh, tweet, uh, tweeted it and had to take it back. It was uh, madness. Um, but we will play some of those clips. So that's why you got to be ready and be on your toes because you never know when we're going to hop in and jump on the air. But that was, uh, as sad as it was, there was something really fun about um, talking with his old friends. And so many of them uh, said thanks for, you know, honoring David Brenner because he, there's something about stand-up. It doesn't get the same love that music and acting get in this uh, country. I keep looking up at the TV here, and I'm stunned you could walk up and stand on the rail easy. No one is there. At you the could be parade. in the parade. Um, well, there's certainly more people in the parade than watching. I don't know. I was thinking I went up to the parade one year, and it had to be four or five deep, exactly where we're looking here. But now I'm wondering if that wasn't a Saturday. Well, you know, I guess you could be in the parade because there's nobody there. It's so lame this year. But uh, that's unless, of course, you're openly gay. Then you can't be in the parade. So you never could be. No, no, never. Uh, well, the St. Patrick's Day Parade has a long history of that. They tried to keep kids in wheelchairs out of it for a while. All right, what Fez is trying to say is that the mayor of New York, and I can't remember this ever not happening before, and also the mayor of Boston were refusing to uh, be part of the St. Patrick's Day Parade because they wouldn't let the openly gay Irish march again. This has been going on for, what, 15 years that they've been bugging? Uh, oh, yeah, this started in the early 90s when they they formally announced the ban. That's when the first Irish gay group wanted to get in. So, yeah, Marty Walsh in Boston and Bill de Blasio in New York City, they're the heroes. I don't. I. I mean, I feel bad. I. You feel bad because of the beer companies. Guinness isn't in it. Guinness and Heineken and Sam Adams pulled out. I mean, Guinness. That's Irish. That's yeah. the Irish beer. It's St. Patrick's Day. The Irish like to drink. Guinness is the drink. Now they're pulling out of it. Makes me feel shitty. What if we did this? I'm going to fix it right now. Um. You let the gays in the St. Patrick's Day Parade, but then you got to put some firemen and cops in the gay parade. <laughs> the gays already have a parade, right? They already have a, a day to celebrate being gay. Yeah, right? the, the Pride March in late June. Well, this isn't the Pride March. This is the St. Patrick's Day. But they're Irish gay groups. They're still Irish, and they're being banned Why are from... there Irish gay groups? Look, I get... They're the, proud of everything. I, I get the mayor, and I kind of like that, okay, we're going to side with these people, but still, I don't understand why they have to have a gay float. They're not banning, like, gay people. Like, if Clay Aiken just wanted to walk in it, he can, but they have, like, their special 
gay float. So you're saying they can go on and be Irish because that's the thing that they're celebrating. They're not celebrating gay Irish. Yeah, one of the float was some like gay group called Mass Appeal. Like I don't, they want to be like the same as everybody else and included. Because here's the problem, Fez. You know what the the fucking gay parade looks like. They're wearing short shorts and they're banging each other in the ass going down the street. <laughs> this parade in New York City that we're watching here, as lame as it is, could use a little bit of the Pride March influence in it. But have a, This is a disaster, this thing. Have a Pride March for Pride March Day and then the, the Irish Day for the Irish Day. What's the big deal? It huh. defeats the purpose if you're going to march openly in a parade. And not be open about who you are. It but defeats the whole thing. Most of these people are lying about being Irish. They also don't have the Italian Irish in the parade. They don't have the Polish Irish in the parade. They just have the Irish. You know what I'd like to do? Get rid of all parades. No more fucking parades for everybody. This one, I don't know if they'll keep going. But you with can. With this turnout. You can be gay. Like one of these flag twirlers, he could even tell everybody around there, yeah, I'm gay and I'm twirling my flag, but he just doesn't have his like gay, like glad group float. It's not like a Puerto Rican float is in there and they want to be included. They have uh, their own parade. Right. These are Irish people who are open about everything, being Irish and gay. Just have a fucking Irish parade. Who gives a shit? Who would go to a parade or march in a parade? I marched in one parade when I was in Little League. I want to start. I was so excited when it started. By the end, it I was pissed. Like, this, how long is this? We got to keep walking. It doesn't seem very appealing. To actually, no, now it's terrible. Participate. Uh, here's Rick. Rick, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Sit it hey, down, Ron. Fezzy. Yeah. Hey, Ron. Rick, uh, Fezzy has it wrong. First of all, it's a celebration of uh, the Irish in America, and second of all, there's a line. That dates back, you, know, you gotta wait years upon years, like 25 years, to get in this parade. And they actually let the gay, lesbian, and whatever they are in, in a few years ago, as long as they don't flash those banners. So they are allowed in, it's just they, they cut the line and let them in. They did everything they had to do. I don't know what he's so upset about it. What would happen to inclusion with everybody? Come on, Fez, you gotta accept us, too. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, why should someone have to go hide while they're marching out down Fifth Avenue in New York City? Okay, so why, why not make them wear masks? Why not? Well, what, what about this? What if we put the Klan in the fucking gay parade? What if you put the Westboro Baptists in the fucking gay parade? Why isn't it just for the people who want to be in the fucking parade? It's the stupidest shit I've ever heard of. You're supposed to be an adult, not marching around waving to people. Just trying to make it about themselves. Um... Here's uh, Sal. Sal, you're on the Run and Fed show. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. I was. I just was wondering how many of the fans marched in the Million Man March that they want to march in the St. Patrick's Day Parade. If they're a gay cop, they can march with the cops. If they're a gay Boy Scout, they can march with them. No, they, they can't. Sure, they can. Why not? Why not? Because gay, uh, they, uh, the Boy Scouts don't allow gay scout leaders. No, he's talking about the scouts. Why can't the gays just, if you're a gay cop, you go marching with the cops? What is the whole point of saying, I'm also gay? Just fucking, who gives a shit? Get it over with and start a happy hour. And now Guinness gets brought into this whole mess. Well, Guinness Guinness pulled out of it and did the right thing. Good for them. Well, You want to lose your Guinness money? Keep pulling this shit. Yeah, but did they pull out because they wanted to or because they were forced to? They're being held hostage by this crazy gay Irish agenda. It's insane. It's insane. 
This parade is all cops and firemen. They're a Native American and a construction worker away from being the village people anyway. Stop calling people gay who aren't. Would there be a straight Irish float allowed in the gay parade? No, yeah, there's straight people in the parade, yeah, in the Pride March, yes. What do they say? But they don't have a straight float. They just march along with it. Well, you could be the mom. You could be the P flag, they call it. The uh, parents of lesbians and gays. And I guess transgenders and and transvestites and sexually confused people. It Ace- goes on and on. Asexuals, too, I guess. Yeah, asexuals are all part of it. Yeah. Really Everybody weird. but straights. It's fucking real weird. There's, there's straight people. And then everything else lumped into one thing. Where there's like fifty different. Well, this is the first time you feel like a Republican. That's how the Republicans <laughs> feel. There's white dudes, and then everybody else. That's why they had that great white march the other day. The white man march yeah. outside the Plaza Hotel and in Jamaica Queens. That one, no one showed up for. Yeah, Earl went to that to take pictures. There wasn't anybody. Sucks. I really I wanted to see him rep, rep. I think there was some up in the plaza, but there was like more anti-marchers yeah. than there were marchers. Kind of like when Westboro Baptist goes out. Some sad news there, too. Papa Westboro is on his deathbed. Rest in piss, Fred. What's his name? Fred Phelps. Fred Phelps. Big Fred Phelps. And Fred, by the way, has always spelled his name with a PH. He's a fish fan. <laughs> um, do you hear what he's sick with? No, I didn't. AIDS. Oh, God. Got the AIDS bug. I believe he went to a St. Paddy's Day parade. <laughs> Fez is all furious about this, and I'm quite serious of his hate for the Irish. Um, I don't care one way or the other. What are these pictures of? The Irish got pictures of their bombs from years ago? Oh, she was a lovely lady. I bet she was. The openly Lovely. gays will be in it eventually. They tried to ban women from this parade before, from being in it. It's a, it's a, it's a nut to crack. The gays will get in this, especially if you keep losing uh, sponsors like Guinness, Sam Adams, and Heineken. They're not going to be able to afford to do a hate march anymore. You're a funny guy. Hate march? All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We're doing our best to find that plane as well. And your chance to join March Madness. Do it now. Jump on it. See if you can beat us. Look, I joined 10 times, and I don't see why anyone, everyone would. That's cheating. No, you can't. Join up to 10 times in the league. Why do you want to join up to 10 times? And Then you're just shooting a shotgun instead of a, a rifle. Well, look. One, one entry is, all right, this is what I think is going to happen. Other nine entries, I'm going for that billion dollars from Warren Buffett. Because if it's perfect, bam, a billion. And why not just fucking go shot and go crazy? It's a Because that's dollars. not betting. That's just throwing stuff out there. Now you've bought a lottery ticket rather than being a skilled person. I want to shot the bill. Did you see uh, the St. Joe's uh, grandson? No. All right, we got to get that up on the iBang. It's the coach of St. Joe's. Um, his grandson at the game, and he's going to remind you of an old Davy Max story. I can't wait. Uh, but over in Chicago, here's my good friend Janice. Hello. How are you guys? Good, darling. How are you? Okay. I, uh, I've been kind of blue lately, and uh, 
and when I was listening to the Unmasked with Voss and Bonnie, then it went into David Brenner. It was you guys just did such a fabulous job, and I I kept flipping on the news, going, when did this happen? When did this happen? And here you were so ahead of it, and I think his family and he would be so proud of the job you did. It was just beautiful. Um, I've already heard from um, Jeffrey Gurian that they're. Uh what are you writing, Fess? Uh, the tribute show to David Brenner is now up on demand Good. on SiriusXM.com. And also the unmasked with, uh, guest David Brenner is available on demand. So we will, um, yeah, we have that up. And his family, uh, a spokesman for the family already contacted Jeffrey Gurian that they would like to uh, hear that um, show. So, yeah, the... Uh, uh, I, I always think it's amazing when someone can keep their business quiet to themselves like that without being found out about, you know? Yeah. It never happens. And it's just it's so more dignified. and it seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. And just it was so beautiful. And uh, Chris, please make sure you watch Quiet Man tonight. And can I say the two best lines out of that movie is, Okay, everyone, cheer like a bunch of Protestants. I love that line, too. And then here's a, ni- here's a nice stick to beat the lovely lady. Oh, <laughs> uh, God, I am going to go home and watch that tonight. Thank you it's so much, sweetie. Times. Thank you. I love you guys. I love you, too. Thanks. Um, so, uh, yeah, all right, here's this thing. It's up on the iBang now, and... Uh, if you take a look at it, here's the coach of uh, St. Joe's. And what's his name? Phil Martinelli. <laughs> uh, here's, uh, and if you watch him coaching, but look at this, his four-year-old grandson is dressed like him, doing a mini-me. <laughs> and it reminds me when David Ma- Davey Mack used to say he would put on a suit as a little kid <laughs> and go in his backyard with a clipboard. He wanted to be the coach, not the players. That's great. This little kid's awesome. I love Big Five basketball. As a matter of fact, most of my life, I didn't know any basketball but Big Five the whole time I was a kid. And they would all play in the Plestra in Philadelphia. So you could see not just a game a night there, but you could normally see double headers. Nice. You could go in for a couple bucks and watch two different college basketball games. Ah, it was a different world then. They weren't paying the goddamn coaches millions and millions of dollars the way they do now. Yeah, the mo- the most highest paid like state employees in most states, I think I, all but one is our coaches, like football, college, basketball. It's embarrassing. Who's the best, um, let's say, football and basketball program? Like if you were to put them both together, all I'm, time or currently? Yeah, like currently. Like who are the ones that are serious about both sports? Because most. Uh, places are just serious about one of their sports. I might be thinking Florida. Um, Florida is normally a contender in both. Michigan Texas, State. Michigan State. Have they ever really made a run for at number one in football? No, no they're usually trail in the Big Ten in football. Yeah, but- I, 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 that's uh, their weakness is more football than it is um, basketball. Oregon. Their football team's always great, and their basketball team, some years, they make a run at it. You always go back to Oregon, no matter what we're talking about. By the way, I'm furious about this. Everybody gets to meet your dad, but running B? Sorry about that. You just let it took off. 
right before I got there. I didn't know he was coming or I would have stayed. He I, I told him to come too early after I told him to come late. So oh, I told him back. to come too early after I told him to come late. And then I understand he had a nice box of candy and these guys ate it. Yeah. Wolf that down. I did not touch any of that candy. Oh, you did too. It was Bullshit. like, hand that Bullshit. over. Fez, you're a Bullshit. diabetic. How many pieces of candy did you I eat? I think I had five pieces of candy. I couldn't resist. Box. I was really hungry. Well, you're not going to satisfy yourself with candy. He ate an entire box of candy. You were in the box of candy, you liar. I'm not a liar. You offered. I said no thanks. At first, I thought it was yeah, cigar. Yeah, you said no to candy before. <laughs> At first, what are you guys <laughs> angry about? It's fucking a diabetic chocolate. You fucker. Settle down. Settle it. Uncl- un- uh, yeah, spread your fingers out. You're not going to punch anybody here, big guy. We're not going to fire. Um, here's our buddy, the Brooklyn Blowhard. You know, besides Bill Cosby, I can't think of an unofficial ambassador to Philadelphia than David Brenner. And it was really sad to see him go because he was probably my first to stand up when I was a kid that cracked me up. And he was ubiquitous. He was on not only the Tonight Show, but he was on Merv. He was on Mike Douglas. And the stories he would tell of Philadelphia, I never knew much about Philadelphia. But when he would get through telling stories, Bill Cosby had the Cosby kids and, you know, the ghetto life. But this guy would tell the funniest stories about, and then he would talk about the water ice and the soft pretzel. And I'm like, what kind of place is this, Philly? It sounds magical. It was seriously magical. He really was. And I, I thought he, he never bought, I never saw a bad David Brenner performance. You're 100% true. I never, he was always he was, really, really consistent. Never, uh, but you are, you're also, you know, you're right about the consistency thing. But we talked about this the other night, uh, Fez and I, is that when you were a kid, and this is before you could, there was like cable uh, comedy specials, and you could get a comic. To co-host Mike Douglas and do all five days. That meant five days of comedy. Oh, it was like madness to you when you were a kid. They were everywhere. And, you know, when when you're really young, you would see him and he was just so likable. And the stories about the guys in the neighborhood. and, and, And I think that's the first comic that I really understood and really... He was understandable to uh, to a kid. A kid could sit there right. and, like, um, you know, because obviously I'd seen uh, him before, you know, prior doing stand-up, because that stuff was, you know, on albums. Same with Cheech and Chong. That would right. be on an like, album. I used to listen to Bill Cosby yeah. albums and the Cheech and Chong, but on television, he was the one guy who would just come out... And he would have that smile, and he would kind of, like, do a little laugh and then talk about just life in Philly. And it was just, you know, this one hurt me for some reason. When I heard he passed away, for some reason, it was like... Well, make sure you go listen on the On Demand. Oh, I definitely will. Uh, and check and that out. Way, and also... Congratulations on your Philadelphia, all these uh, teams going into the tourney. Holy shit. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? It's all for Brenner right now. Man, all right, is- thanks, bro. Uh, but that'll be up on... Um, on demand today, and uh, let's play some of the clips that people had the other night. Um, we'll start it with Bobby Slayton. Uh, Bobby Slayton um, talking about um, uh, the you know losing his friend David Brenner. 
uh, he was crazy about his health food, vitamin diet. I mean, the fact that he died of cancer uh, just goes to show you. We'd go out to eat, and he would make me nuts. We'd go to a sushi bar, he'd get a salad because he didn't want to eat the raw fish. We would go to the Palm. One of the first dinners we had, we went to the Palm in Las Vegas, you know, Brit Steakhouse, and David orders a fish. I go, why did you drag me to the Palm if we're going to have fish? He goes, they have the best fish in town because the Palm understands that if people are going to come here for steak, they also want to get the fish eaters in here. So David would sit there eating fish. He'd only have one little shot of vodka. He had a handful of vitamins. And, you know, what good does it do? You know what I mean? Uh, Bobby Slayton basically doing that, why not live every day? And, of course, you want to say that if you've got the hobbies Bobby Slayton has. But he's saying, why sit around and try to eat healthy, blah, 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 you're still going to die. But I do have to tell you, I had no idea that David Brenner was 78 years old. The guy looked and sounded terrific for being uh, 78. Uh, Keith, you're on the Run of Fez show. Maha Boone. Maha. Ronnie, I... I was born in 1965, and so David Brenner was one of the first comedians that I remember when I was a little kid. And I remember him telling this story about he and all of his friends in Philly saving up all their money and buying a bunch of brooms. And then uh, he would get on this crowded city bus as a kid with these brooms and drive across town and bouncing around and driving everybody on the bus crazy. And then finally, on the other side of town, he would just, just as he was getting off the bus, his buddies would get back on the bus with all the other brooms. And I just remember it being hilarious that he wasn't telling a joke. He was telling a story. And that's what I loved about him. Yeah, he was, well, you know, a lot of people said he was the first observational comedian. You know, uh, he would say, did you ever notice, point things out. But I remember that some of the, you know, that he had brought up just uh, Philly things that, he told this story that I saw people do before. You know when they would tar the top of houses, the guys would yeah. come out and tar that with that pitch? That yeah. you would ask that guy to throw you down a piece of pitch and you would chew on it. What? You'd chew on the fucking hot tar. They used to say it was good for your teeth. And when I heard him say that on TV, I'm like, I've seen motherfuckers do that before. Why is um why why would anyone say throw me a piece of hot tar? They said it was good for your teeth somehow. Chemicals, yeah. Well, it's supposed to be like a, like a cleaning uh, of the teeth. Um, David Brenner died over the weekend, and Saturday night we came in here, and much to my surprise, Chris Stanley, sober as a church mouse. Yeah. Now, I called Fez and said, uh, are you hearing anything about Brenner? How could this be? Blah, blah, blah. And we were both talking back and forth. Um and finally decided, you know, that it was true. We met up here. Fez was not dressed in his normal gay thing. No. He looks like he looked like a groundskeeper. He had this big dirty t-shirt on and this old crazy bucks cap like from the 70s. That had weirded me out when I saw that. But then had his best show in forever. And I'm like, maybe it's the, you weren't angry, you weren't screaming guy, your fists weren't balled up, you weren't holding the desk. That, you were like, and I'm very serious with this compliment, a person. You were like a human being. Um, uh, we got a hold of a bunch of uh, his friends and uh, Jeffrey Gurian came in and, and pulled in some of the old club owners uh, and it really ended up being an interesting night. 
of just hearing from people who really wanted to give some accolades to David Brenner's uh, career. Some people talked about his career. Other people talked about his personality. Uh, and let's go to really an old friend of his, Jimmy J.J. Walker. Now, by the way, when Jimmy's show hit with that whole dynamite act, he was as big as you can get in America. There's not a TV star today who is as big as that whole dynamite era of Jimmy J.J. Walker. But he goes back a couple years before hanging out in New York with David Brenner. Hey, Jimmy, who were all the guys that broke in together with you guys back then? Me, David Brenner, Richard Pryor, uh, 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 Richard Lewis, Bette Mittler, Liza Minnelli, Woody Allen was like our star guy, mm-hmm. Robert Klein, Al Jarreau, uh There was just a ton of people. A lot of great writers with us. Rob Reiner was working for his dad, who was in New York. Carl Reiner, obviously. Uh, so we had a lot of people at the same time. That we, uh, Danny Aiello was there. So we had we had a ton of those things. We had, uh, of course, the, the legendary Bud Friedman. And every time... Brennan would come off and he'd say, hey, Bud, man, this crowd sucks. And Bud would say, it's a poor workman that blames his tools. (laughs) I hated that. A little later on in that show, we also talked to Bud Friedman, which I was amazed. Gurian uh, got him on the phone. Um, Scott and Madison, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, I just yeah. wanted to thank you guys. I was flipping through Twitter Saturday night, and I saw a couple mentions about David Brenner. I thought, it sounds like he died. And then uh, you guys had a tweet, you know, announcing your show, and it, it was just amazing. And I had no, there was no other coverage anywhere about David Brenner and all the news things. They're all talking about that stupid plane. But, uh, and I, I want to second your opinion. Fez was there. I mean, I couldn't believe Fez was uh, on. Yeah, yeah, he was. It was it was just wonderful, and I want to thank Fez. He was he was right in the show, and uh, I just want to thank you guys for all the coverage. It was really great. Thanks. Well, you know, it does have me um, thinking a little bit about the thing of stand up and not really getting their place where they should in the media. I mean, David Brenner is as important to comedy as any of the seventies performers of any other art form were were as important to their uh to their media. So it's in, it's always insane to me that somehow comedy gets forgotten. Maybe because no one wants to ever think of something sad with uh comedy, but it is um it is amazing how many lives got touched by David Brenner. In the world of comedy. Uh, all right, here's one of the younger guys, and it's uh, Gary Goldman, who just a couple weeks before had given us his, the comedian that changed his life as David Brenner. Um, so he was saying this even before Brenner passed away, and Goldman was doing, I don't know, five shows that night and was able to, you know, stop and and throw out a little bit for uh, David Brenner. 
I know people probably say this about a lot of people, but I, I never thought he'd be the type that would die. I just, uh, he, he just, if you ever met him, he was so full of life and he only slept like three hours a night. He just loved life. He, he was, uh, really remarkable. I mean, on stage, he, I mean, he was my first comedian. He, he, I fell in love with, with stand-up based on, on what he talked about. But then off stage, I, I, you know, I got to, I got to meet him in Los Angeles. And then a week later, he had me on when he hosted, uh, the late show with David Letterman when, when Dave had heart surgery. And then he took me out on the road a bit. So I really got to know him and he was just, he was very generous with with money and encouragement and and kindness and and show business stories um here's uh matt in denver hey matt how you doing buddy hey i'm doing all right how are you good all right so i just want to know if uh george carlin was a part of that circle as well back in the day because I, I never even heard of david brenner until now I'm, i was born in the 91 so no, I don't think that Carlin was uh, part of that because he had kind of already broke on his own before that. And I don't think that Carlin was ever a regular at any of the comedy clubs uh, okay. because he had actually made it almost in a different persona um, before he became the kind of hippie George Carlin. He was like straight guy George Carlin with a, a, a white shirt and a tie and a jacket. So yeah. he, he'd probably made more money before these guys. But the other thing is, on the road, they didn't put comics together. A comic would open for a band or a band would open for a comic, but it used to be thought of as the worst thing you could do to have two comics together. And I believe it was David Brenner and Joan Rivers who went out on the road uh, selling out theaters as two comedians, and I think they used to flip a coin to see who headlined, uh, you know, on any given night. Um, and no one had done that before. It's kind of weird to think of now. You think it's weird to go out and see a comedian without another comedian yeah. open and form. But they used to think that's death. They went and ruined the room. They've sucked the laughs out of it, and it can't be done. Um, I personally like to see a comedian and a hula dancer. That's my perfect night out. Pulls it all together. Uh, we're talking about David Brenner passing away over the weekend. Saturday night, we all jumped in. It really took an army. Um, we understood after the fact to, to pull something like this together. But um, here's Gary Goldman uh, talking about some of the kindness of David Brenner. I mean, Richard Lewis, in his, in his book, talked about the time that, that David Brenner, he went to David Brenner and said, uh, oh, if I could only do this full-time, if I could only do this full-time, I think I could be really great. And David Brenner asked him how much money he would need, and he told him, and he wrote him out a check, and uh, and that was it. And Richard Lewis became a full-time comedian. And, and so, and I, and I think Richard Lewis is incredibly influential in the, in, in the comedy and stand-up world. So it's just, he was, uh, yeah, he was like a scholarship fund in, in some ways. That's an amazing story. I'd never heard anything like that before. Um, Richard Lewis, of course, was like the younger brother to David Brenner, and he's just... Um 
devastated right now. I'm going to go back and play something off the Unmasked that I did with David Brenner. And this is one of my favorites of all time, just because Brenner was so smart about comedy himself. But just to go to show you how much the world has changed, uh, where you can't have that kind of impact of doing one show and then being led into show business. You know, if you find out, if someone finds out today they get one of the major talk shows, probably, uh, you know, the following Thursday, they're back at the Chuckle Hut in, uh, in Reseda. But uh, there was a time where you could do the Tonight Show. And if Johnny gave you the okay, then you would have... Uh, a career after that. So this is off the unmasked. This is uh, David Brenner talking about the impact of his first Tonight Show. When you would go on a Tonight Show and you'd score my very first shot, and I had three dollars to my name on that first shot. I had three dollars left. That's what I had in my pocket at that night when I did that show, and I had nothing anywhere else. The next day, I had ten thousand dollars worth of job offers, and I did it January eighth, and in March fifth, I was in the main showroom. In Vegas, mm-hmm. powerhouse boy, and all of a sudden I'm making you know three hundred seventy-five thousand a year. Now I'm making a million something. It was like this. That that was the big payoff then. I don't think uh, we have anything that could compare to that. Nothing close to that. Just pushing you into stardom like that. I mean, sure, you may get like a small show or then be able to tour regularly, but not like the biggest comedy name in America. Not even American Idol in its heyday could pull that off. No. You don't think that little girl the first season became a star after and then her album came out? She became a star, but I don't know, in three months time, like Brenner was saying? It's pretty wild. Uh, we got a spy report here. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Uh, I guess Mick Jagger's girlfriend, Loren Scott, her name is, was found dead in her New York apartment. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. And apparently they're saying it's um, suicide. Very strange. I'm trying to even see um, on 11th Avenue. She was found hanging from a scarf on a doorknob by her assistant this morning. Jesus Christ, man. How could you die from a scarf and a doorknob? What'd she do? Just sat down and strangled? Is that like autoerotic asphyxiation? Also, like... <laughs> I didn't know chicks did that, though. I thought I've, that was a dude thing. I've always heard dudes, yeah, but most dudes would do, put it around a doorknob. You know, maybe it was just that. Maybe it was an accident. She's a pioneer. It's like carotene. If you missed any of the David Brennan tribute show from Saturday night, it's now available on SiriusXM.com and the SiriusXM app on demand, along with the Unmasked with David Brenner. You can get that as well. I wasn't as, like, I knew him, but obviously I wouldn't be as familiar with him with, like, the rest of you guys. But I was listening to a lot of his stuff over the weekend, and it mm-hmm. made me, like, think when, like, Jay Moore said that he, like, wasn't that big of a fan of his. And, like, I don't understand, like, why. I, I mean, I get, like, if 
like I was thinking then, like, oh, was he some quarter like hack guy? But even like back then, his early stuff still holds up. And at seventy two on Unmasked, it just being hilarious. I just still didn't really register. Anymore. Well, not everybody likes everybody, and uh, Jay is a funny guy. You know what I mean? And he sometimes. Uh, It'll only take one little thing for Jay to change his mind about somebody. You know? I think he got annoyed with the unmasked of Brenner saying, I'm not getting the credit. I'm trying to remember Jay's call to me. But he said, if he didn't start... I think he said something like, so he started observational comedy, where if he saw something, he commented on it. And Jay's point was... How hard was that? And somebody was going to do it. But the thing is, you got to be first, you know? I mean, the initial theory of relativity was what? Fucking shit falls down? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I think I could have came up with it. You drop something, it's going to hit the fucking turf. But you got to be the first person to put it together. You can't beat first. Um, But I don't, you know, everybody doesn't have to like everybody either. I said the reason why I liked him first when I was a kid is because he would mention the name Philly. And then I would just sit in my house smiling. (laughs) And I would yell out, that's right here. We can get in the car and drive there. (laughs) Just what he's talking about. I know where that is. Let's go now. Look at you. You constantly bring up Portland every fucking chance you get. Did you see Portlandia last night? Fucking awesome. (laughs) Armistice crushing. Milk advisory board, guys. Come on, you gotta check it out. Put a bird on it, right? It's from season one. Put a bird on it. Put a bird on it. <laughs> Did you say it's from season one? Yeah. <laughs> like it's fucking burnt now in your oh, opinion. Please, it's still funny. They can pickle that. Um Let's go to uh Kevin Pollack. This is over the weekend, and you can go back and listen to this on demand. On demand, uh, Kevin Pollack talking about David Brenner. The closest thing to a personality in stand-up comedy was Johnny Carson, and then everyone else was, was basically writing and selling and telling jokes. And David Brenner was really the first uh, to come along and say, here are the things of life that we all hate. Isn't that true? And it's, it changed the course for that brand of comedy, as I said, you, it begets Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. What is the deal with the missing sock from the dryer? That never happens without David Brenner. See, now that's the... the uh, by the way, um, Kevin Pollack was so smart and interesting during that. I, I'm dying to do an mass with him. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do to get him back on the East Coast. Uh, but... That's the kind of thing that Jay was like, somebody would have done it, but you got to give credit to the somebody who did it first. Because it's kind of risky at that time, maybe, to do it, because people might not, like, not like you're going to get in trouble, but they just might not be interested in it as much. They Um, might not get it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, really, if you go back and look at, like, the origins of rock and roll, you could easily say, oh, but it's just three chords, but somebody had to come up with those three chords. You know what I mean? Somebody had to have the Bo Diddley beat. In this case, it turned out to be Bo Diddley. But if you listen to that, you're like, well, I guess any high school kid is talented enough to do that Bo Diddley strum, but he did it. That's why it's named after him. You know, there's something uh, amazing about 
um, doing it all together. Like, I felt like I came up with, uh, hey, how you doing? I took hey, yeah. and I took how you doing. I felt like I, I pushed them both together. Well, people love each of them separately, too. Yeah, but hey, how you doing? It gives that a whole thing. It, it brings it across now. Yeah, but if you didn't, I mean, some some doorman would have invented it some sooner Maybe, later. you know, maybe, but he didn't. That's what I'm saying, Shelby. Mm. I came up with, hey, how you doing? I'll, I feel like I was also the first one to say, smell you later. But I'm not even totally sure. Own it. Okay, I will. Take that. Um... All right, so this thing on uh, Mick Jagger's girlfriend is going to be the new big... Uh, that'll be all over the post tomorrow. What happened? What happened to Wolf Fool? Uh, Eric in Texas, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, I can see the uh, the post headline now. Mick Jagger, muff diving, mur- murder mystery. Manhattan murder mystery, sure. Yeah. Okay. Smell you okay, later. <laughs> Got it? I didn't come up with what the dillio, but I feel like I was the first one to shorten it to what the dilly. And then finally, what the D. <laughs> that counts, to be totally honest. Yeah. Now, were you buying what the dizzle? No, that whole didn't f- like oh. it. Okay. Oh, also, another thing, again, when I was a kid at rock shows, in between songs, I came up with... That was you. You're the the owl guy. Yeah, I did that as well. I wanted to do it longer, but then I just thought, ow! You know, sometimes when they be tuning up, ow! I love that. I didn't know that you were behind that. I was mine. Still happening today. I got a well variations of it. I got to be honest with you. For like two years, I did ow, ow, and no one liked it. And then once, almost by mistake, I went, ow, and boom. You know what I mean? It was on viral. Like, that was the last one. Like, you just weren't even sure if you wanted to do it anymore, so you yeah. just shortened it. I was it. almost done. But that worked. That's why I tell kids, never get up if you're really trying to jump into something, you know? If you really want to go viral. Um, speaking of viral, the bosses are asking us, could we start and tweet our Instagrams and then Instagram our tweets? They said, even if you don't have anything on air, it's important that we tweet out our Instagrams, Instagram our tweets, and stop uh, tweeting out our MySpaces. I would think they would cancel each other out, but no. I don't understand how it all works. It really. actually is like it times itself. It's, it folds back on itself. No, am I checking in on Foursquare with my Instagram? Um, yes. Here's Mike in Canada. You're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I'm just kind of like not the hugest Brenner fan growing up. He was probably just a little bit too early for me, but I think it was probably like maybe catching him in the 80s on the Stern Show or something where he really talked personally and you got to know him that way and, and you could just tell how fucking cool and authentic he was. And it, it's kind of like a guy like... Paul Anker, someone from a different generation who you would never give a second thought to. And then you hear guys like that really talk about the scene when they were coming up, and it, it just makes you realize how fucking cool they are. Well, right that's, like, um, yeah, I mean, 
he was around for a while and was able to adjust uh, a couple of uh, different types, but then also was there for so many other comedians. Uh, here's our buddy Andy in Cleveland. Hey guys, uh, first off, um, I was, I know it sounds weird to say, but I was, I was so proud of the show, uh, the way you guys pulled together. Um, I was in my kitchen crazy prepping, uh, some ice cream for, for St. Pat's and, um, it was just cool to, to listen to you guys and share the stories and, uh, you know, Fezzy, you were totally on point and, and, you know, I, I know Chris was working crazy in the back and, and Ron, it was it was not just a great moment for the show, but it was a great moment for comedy and for broadcasting. And, and you guys should all be so proud. Well, I don't, you, you know, I mean, it, to me, it would seem weird to be proud of it or to looking to, you know. Well, we'll be proud for you. Okay. And it was just it was just neat to um, because I, I remember growing up, I had two shining examples of comedy, and it's weird that I identify so closely with Blowhard in this one. Um, but growing up in the house, we had uh, the early Warner Brothers um, uh, Cosby records. But then, you know, you turn on the TV, and there was David Brenner. And I remember him being, and I will always associate him with the idea of the term stand-up comic, because that was the first time that, you know, I was like, so what does he do, Mom? And she's like, well, you know, that he tells jokes. He's a stand-up comic. And I was like, okay. And I, you know, I, I, and it was just always, it was, he became this indelible part of, you know, I, wherever, whenever he would show up, I would always think, wow, okay, I'm going to laugh now. And even as a little kid, you know, it was just, it was just, he was, he was, he was fun to watch, entertaining to listen to. And, and it just, it was. He was kind of, in my opinion, the first of what they would call the young comics. You know what I mean? Like, now we always like to say, oh, there's a fine young comic coming on the show. And the way that, you know, you do stand-up and the way that you do panel, that's all kind of got done by Carson, Brenner, uh, Steinberg, uh, Carlin. There was only a couple of those guys that were like, you know, the way they interacted with Carson... You know what I mean? Was yeah. almost like okay, they're now ready to move into not just being a club guy, but being a TV guy. It was the look too, because even you know, like Rodney Dangerfield was still wearing a tuxedo on stage at that point. You know, instead of coming <laughs> out, true. it's coming out with longer hair, no tie. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There was the old school show business, the Jackie Masons, and all those kind of guys that did it a certain way. And then the the young uh, comedian thing, which made it all kind of more TV first. You know what I mean? Like, the point was to be on TV, not the point was to be in the mountains or Vegas. And um, I love the way uh, he, the, some of the, the guys who called in um, laid it out for us, especially, I can't remember who said this, but somebody was talking about his organization. And it just seemed to me like he was this natural bridge between, like you said, a lot of the old school guys and what was then the start of what we know stand-up comedy to be today, where, you know, if they came to him for The Tonight Show and said, we need you to do this amount of time on this material, he could go to his notes and his files and just pull it up. I mean, he was that organized. And that, that rang true of like, you know, you know, like you said, uh, going back, 
like even like Bob Hope. I mean, that's they, they said you know, Bob Hope just had rooms on rooms on rooms of just jokes and material that you know if you came at him with any topic, he could just go to. But those were and like so se- what what Bob Hope did were like separate jokes where Brenner and Steinberg started the routine type of thing where I'm going to right, talk about discipline. a topic and then also yeah. to say, hey, haven't you noticed this as well? You know, I mean, that was the thing about Brenner where not only could you do it, but you would be able to say, yeah, why is there uh, more hot dogs than there's hot dog rolls? That was always, to me, one of those bits <laughs> that seemed like, in a weird way, any comic would have written it. You know what I mean? wasn't stuck with a persona. It was that kind of um, comedy. Let me uh, play something off the Unmasked, because he was so great and smart on Unmasked. And this is where he talks about uh, kind of uh, taking chances as a comedian. Uh, This is David Brenner with me on the Unmasked show. If you don't take the chances, you don't start to get the edges. It's very comfortable to be in in the stem, because it's very secure. Most people are there. And the edge of the leaf, you think of an oak leaf, the way it, it moves, the edge of the leaf, whoa, you can fall. But... That's where all the excitement is. That's where all the thrills are. Go out on the limb, to the edge of the limb. And sure, you might fall off, you know, and all that. But that's where it's all happening. So I have always lived on the edge of the leaf. And, I, and that's been my guiding uh, position in life. Um, to me, two of the... I mean, it was so great to have the comedians call in that night. But to have Bud Friedman and Rick Newman call in, who, between those two guys, are really responsible for the early comedians have a chance to go somewhere all the time. Uh, It was the improv, Catch a Rising Star, later the comic strip, the comedy store in L.A., but these are the early folks. And both uh, Bud and Rick Newman were really happy that uh, people were remembering um, David Brenner the night that he passed away uh, because for them, they thought he was very important, not just as his own act, but as a, a, a person that helped a lot of other comics get started. So this is Bud Friedman on Saturday night. David was one of the most generous and helpful uh, people I've known, comedian or otherwise. Certainly, as a comedian, he ranks as the most generous and helpful. Uh, but I know that Jimmy Walker and Freddie Prince both uh, got uh, their break through David. He took their tapes from some obscure local TV show and sent them to Craig Tennis, who was the Italian coordinator, Johnny Carson and got them on the Tonight Show, and that, of course, uh, moved them up to the big time. I thought that was just amazing. So there's Bud Freeman from the Improv, basically saying these other two guys who uh, made it on TV wouldn't have had the opportunity without uh, being helped by David Brenner. Now, what was really also amazing to me that night, uh, and we sat down and talked to tons of comedians, 
and club owners, and really club owners throughout the generations. The old improv in New York, the old Catch a Rising Star in New York, but then also the owners of Gotham Comedy Club, who were basically saying the same thing in 2014 as they were saying in 1968, that if Brenner saw somebody, he'd go over, give them some tips on their act, and then try to hook them up with people in the business. Yeah. Who the hell does that? Nobody at that level these days. Isn't that strange that you would think... I mean, we're looking at 40-some years of uh, a guy going back and forth to say, and it's still unusual to hear that somebody would go out of their way to try to help somebody else get work and hook up with something. Um, Alan Zweibel, who's one of the um, finest uh, comedians out there. Well, first we're going to talk with... Uh, David Brenner's publicist, Jeff Abraham, he's on the line with us uh, right now. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for calling in, buddy. Ron, I I thought I had put this to bed yesterday, and I'm driving to work, and I'm starting to tear up. So uh, thank you for this continued tribute to David, and I apologize I could not get on the phone um, to you um, Saturday. I was walking into a Jerry Lewis concert, and my cell phone died. David was a mensch. I, you know, we all know he was a great talent, and you've done a great job. But he's everybody will say he was just a mensch. I listened to Gary Goldman stories. Bobby Slayton, I think, said it great. David gave you advice whether you needed it or not, and that's the the, the thing. You know, in this business, we have clients who we you know could be pain in the ass. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, but David want. was a good guy. He met my parents in Vegas. And he said, you know, I've had everybody in, my, in this business represent me, but your son treated, did, did more things for me than anyone else. And then every time I would talk to Dave at that point forward, he always said, how's your folks? Say hi to your dad for me. I mean, that's the one thing that I will really miss about David. Well, here's the thing, Jeff. This all caught us by surprise, too. So this is something, this illness David knew for a while and didn't share with anyone. Yeah, um, his friends, Jimmy Walker, Richard Lewis, David was very, kept it very private. Um, and that's the way he was. I heard a story from his ex-wife who said, she called him up and said, Oh, I'm coming home from the hospital. I had surgery today. What? Mm. I mean, he was just a very private person. Um, and I, I guess maybe he didn't want pity. I, I, I don't want to speak for, you know, David, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't aware of this until Thursday that it did not look good for David. It could be a week or 10 days, but that's when we, we kind of all knew. Uh, I was amazed how many people reached out to us that night, too. And like I said, over the years, we heard, you know, from Bud Friedman the way David was back in the 19, uh, Yeah, 1960s, 1970s, to Chris Mazzelli, the way he was with comics today. He was always being helpful with people. It was amazing to hear that. Yeah, I said that in one one of my interviews. I said, you know, he helped, you know, Jimmy Walker, Alan Bursky, Freddie Prinze, that group. And then up until his last shows in New Year's Eve, David was, was David and four young comics. He always said... 
you need three things to succeed in this business, the three T's, talent, timing, and tenacity. And he said, and some guys don't have the talent, uh, the timing, they need a connection. And, D- and David really went out of his way to, to really help people, and he did it I don't, almost to his dying day. Uh, well, thank you so much for checking in with us, Jeff. Um, thank you, and um, please keep on doing what you're doing. You're bringing a smile to a lot of people, and um, I look forward to listening to um, this weekend show. All right, thank you so much, my friend. Take care. Um, that's Jeff Abraham, uh, David's uh, public relations person. And, I mean, really, when the PR is to keep it quiet, it's, this is the exact opposite of show business. And I was saying, you know, all the people that went out and said stuff about it, if David would have brought this up, you know, a month or two ago, he would have got a chance to hear the accolades and hear the way that people felt about him. But he was just too old school to use it that way. Um There was like an inner confidence there. Uh, Alan Zweibel is, to me, one of the great... Uh, comedy writers uh, that we have in this country. One of the original SNL guys and Zweibel I'd done an unmasked with and he was telling me years ago about he used to write in him and Billy Crystal together from Long Island to do shows in the city and before Billy Crystal hit and Seinfeld hit uh David Brenner was already a star. So this is Alan Zweibel talking about David Brenner. I started hanging out at the clubs before I got, uh, you know, my first job as a writer on Saturday Night Live. So I started hanging out at the clubs at 70, in 1974. So um, I met him then, you know, and uh, he was the guy. You know, he would be doing all the Carson shows and... Uh, and when he came in, uh, he was like he was godlike, but at the same time, he was a great guy. He was always very, very encouraging to everyone. And I know that uh, he was, um, he touted me He when I didn't deserve it. And he told others about me, and that's what he did. I think Richard Lewis would say the same thing. I think a lot of guys would say the same thing. He was the guy you wanted to... Uh, to like you, you wanted to make him laugh, and um, he was older. He was about ten years, fifteen years older than, you know, the, the our age. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, so he had a certain sort of uh, status as an older guy, but also everything that he had accomplished. I think that's the amazing thing that when he would go into these clubs, and we heard that from Rick Newman, um, that when they opened up uh, Catch a Rising Star. Uh, Brenner would stop in every once in a while to do guest sets, and all the comics were so excited because there it is. That's what you could achieve if you keep doing these, you know, open mic nights, if you keep doing two o'clock in the morning, if you get better and better, you could be what that guy is right there. He's right next to me. I remember um, when I just started doing stand up, I met a comedian named Ron Moranian, the Armenian comedian. And me and him were having lunch or something, and he goes, you know, when I was hanging out with Brenner, and I go, wait, what? I thought it was amazing that I was meeting somebody who, you know, knew Brenner. That's how weird it is. That's how, like, if you get into stand-up, that's how 
how many degrees you are away, right away. You could go from, I was talking to the headliner, and he opened for Brenner before, and boom, it feels like, well, then what am I, two degrees away? This is very doable. This is a doable proposition. That's what you're telling me. So the excitement level of that, um, and I remember when I did the Unmasked, with David Brenner. Uh, it's up on the iBang. If you go over to the iBang.com, it's on demand now. But when I finished with him, I, uh, I stood in the back of the room and I said, dude, this, sh- you, this is a, you should be a professor. This should be a comedy course, what you just did for the last hour in, for the you know, freshmen that want to learn, this would be like the freshman course you want to learn comedy. Come in and take this. And he was like, I, you know, whatever. These are just story. You know, he played it all down, but he was absolutely brilliant in terms of uh, knowing exactly what a comedian should be doing on stage and off stage. Uh, we lost to me one of the real, real giants this weekend, David Brenner. The David Brenner tribute show is up. And these are the people who called in to us um, within a very short time. Bobby Slayton, Jimmy J.J. Walker, Gary Goldman, Kevin Pollack, Jeffrey Gurian, uh, Chris Mazzelli from the Gotham Comedy Club, Alan Zweibel, Rick Newman, who started Catch a Rising Star, Bud Friedman, who... Start at the improv. The very, very funny Eddie Brill, who also knows about as much about comedy as you could get. I want to have him stop in here again. And then uh, Bernie Firstpan. Firstpan, is that it? That, yeah, Firstpan. Uh, from the Metropolitan Room, uh, who was also a friend of Brenner's. But this is within a couple hours of David Brenner uh, passing away. These are the people who wanted to talk about him. And I think it was Gary Goldman who said that thing of, like, Brenner loved life. And I was thinking to myself, is there anything better than you would want to have said about you? Is that he loved life? Chris, do you think that people would say that about you when after you died? No. I don't think so either. No. Would they say it about you? Even less than Chris, probably. Hmm. Oh no, he feared and dreaded life. <laughs> but is that what you what you really want said about you? No, it sounds horrible. It sounded horrible when I said it. But what could be what could be a better compliment than he loved life? It means that he got it. He appreciated everything that was happening. Um that much you know you can achieve. It's like there's something that you can achieve. You can say life didn't love me too much. That means I didn't get the breaks. But that can never stop you from being the one who loved life, who appreciated it, who wanted to be around people, eat great food, enjoy art, music, whatever it is. Just love the experience of life. Um, I saw this. Um, Brenner said on his tombstone, well, first of all, in his sock, he had him put, $100 in small bills in case he had the tip for where he was going. And uh, he wanted on his tombstone to be, if this is a joke, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> you're going out of stand-up that way. Uh, we will break here. Uh, coming up, Fezzy, ways that you can win, win 
the Ron and Fez football pool, the March Madness football pool this year. Yeah, it's the NCAA basketball tournament going on. The uh, selection show was last night. And the brackets are up. Make sure you join. Get in the Interabang bracket group on ESPN. All the details are on the Interabang.com. Your chance to win a Kevin Durant signed basketball. That's Very gonna cool. Be, that's going to be the MVP this year. I'm and feeling good about myself. The signed basketball. I'm feeling bad about you. Um, oh. For two reasons. Why? Number one, you know nothing about basketball. No, I haven't watched a game. And number two... You're Schleprock. You're bad luck Schleprock. I want to do the thing where someone just does the uh, the coin toss, and then we'll put that up against Fez. Wowsy, wowsy, woo-woo. What's that, Fez? Schleprock. Oh, nice. I really thought it was you. I thought you, invented, I thought you were inventing that right now, the way I invented Ow! 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 <laughs> So whenever I yell out, ow, it's a tribute to you, really. Look for me. Probably most of the time you heard it, it was me doing it. Did There's you, not as many people doing it as you think. I just get out to a lot of shows. Did you ever combine like more phrases like, smell you later, guys, ow, and then exit the room? No, you know why? The thing is, you just want to leave them wanting more. That's always been my thing, yeah. Shelby. Leave them wanting more. And then my other thing is tweet out my hashtag and then hashtag Twitter. Go to hashtag Twitter and see what's happening. It's already, it's already on Twitter. All right, then tweet hashtag. I could, I could do that. You could hashtag Twitter. Meet me at hashtag Twitter or hashtag hashtag. That's meta. Yeah. I also want to start playing uh, hashtag tic-tac-toe because it looks like a tic-tac-toe. Or do a tic-tac-toe hashtag. Mark my words, uh, MySpace is coming back and it's coming back fucking strong. I already got Tom as a friend. He's friends with everybody. So am I. (laughs) So am I. Cool, he's friends with the popular guy, man. Tom actually defriended me. That's that's unlike him. Um, he changed. Tom fucking changed, man. He got that sweet fox money. He's too good for everybody. All of a sudden, Fez is gonna lose. Fez, you really are gonna lose. No, I'm gonna win. Out of everybody we know, Chris, who do you think is gonna do the best? I don't normally do because every year I pick Villanova, Temple. LaSalle, Drexel, and St. Joe's. And I go, I honestly, I picked my final five. I think like <laughs> two of those are in there. <laughs> Ow! 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 See, it's catching on. It's going places. Hashtag Ow. It's in the zeitgeist. Uh, what do you mean by that, Chris? It's like it's in the... It's, <laughs> what's, what's going on in the brains of people, you know? Like, it's in there. It's well, implanted. Well, that's not what it means... <laughs> But it's weird. I have a lot of people telling me that in the zeitgeist is in the zeitgeist right now. I've been hearing that all kinds of places. And apparently those people didn't even talk to each other. All right, we break. Uh, What do you want to talk about when we get back here, Fezzy? Let's Uh, make it a Fez pick. All right. um, You think about it during the commercial. I will think about it, yeah. You think about the commercial and what you guys think about it. Stay with us today. It's the Ron and Fez Show. 
uh, your chance to win, go to the iBang uh, or go to our Twitter, which is SXM. If you want, tweet to us your Instagrams, and then we will ping you back. All right? Because nothing's more important than social media. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Serious XM Comedy Hits. Channel 99. Yeah, buddies. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Uh, March Madness coming up uh, very, very soon. And Fez uh, made a crazy uh, bet for himself. Uh, Fez, you claim that you're going to finish on the front page of March Madness. Yeah, the Bank group where you sign up for the brackets contest. I will, I will end up front page on now, the group. How many people on the front page? Do you know, is that like top 100? Yeah, I, th- I think there's 75 to 100 people on a page. And you came up with a uh, with an interesting bet against yourself. Uh, and tell everybody what that is. If I don't end up with my bracket picks on the front page of the Interabang group during March Madness, I will take the show to the Barclays Center for a Nets game. And you said on the floor? Oh. On the floor. Uh, feet touching uh, gym floor, front row. And all of our families, and out to dinner first, well, and limo service there and back. Perfect. I wasn't saying Woo. anything about limo service or families. Got to have something to eat, though. Or dinner. I mean, we can starving. get refreshments. I'm sure they are. I don't like refreshments. I like dinner. I'm now, a concession a, stand. There's kind of an interesting, well, maybe like a, the front page, if a bunch of people tied, like a lot of people have the same, the same number could go on to the second page you know why would you even bring that up why not just fuck that just puts him in worse fucking shape and why would you tie in fucking march madness first of all i'm fairly sure i'm gonna run the billion dollars and when that happens not only will i not take you guys to a ball game (laughs) i won't even see you won't even see me again you'd have a billion dollars no you'll see a fucking empty chair you won't know what happened to me. Just a piece. A billion dollars used to sit there. You fucking guys could hire private detectives. You wouldn't be able to follow me. Um, Chris Stanley, what's... Uh, by the way, anybody who wants to play with this and push Fez off the front page, tell them how you do it, Fez. You go to theinterobang.com and sign up for the 2014 Brackets Challenge right there. I'm under the name of the openly gay Fez Watley. So you can watch my. You have to sign up so you can watch my progress there throughout the tournament and see when I end up leaving or hitting the front page. I think the front page is like fifty people. It's not even a hundred. Yeah. So I think I can do it. The more people that join, uh, the more we do. Um, more Nets games we get to go to. Yeah, make sure you look over the stuff of all the different Nets games that are coming up because we won't even be able to get to this until. I guess uh, end of March, yeah, April. I'm bringing up the schedule well, now. This fucker knows he's not going to be here. You got us again, Watley. <laughs> no, <laughs> pulled it off. Um, Chris, what's on your mind today? I was thinking about this. Beverages. The number one beverage for human beings 
would be water. Number one, water is for human beings. What's the number two beverage that human beings drink? Well, first of all, let's just stop where you are right now, because I'm trying to think to myself. I mean, water is the best thing for you. Yeah. And all beverages have water in them. So all beverages are just water plus. That's all beverages. It's water plus something. Yeah. So you know for a fact that water is the most drank beverage on the planet, right? Yeah, it's it's drank more than anything else. Number one, water. Would you have even assumed that, Fez, before we jump into it? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought people have. Let me just ask you for yourself: Do you think you drink anything more than water? Oh yeah, I'll drink diet sodas more than water. More than water. I'm talking worldwide here. No, I'm just trying. Before, look, Chris, this is what's so goddamn annoying about you. You're in such a, you fucking blurt out answers so fast that you expect the rest of us to as well. Uh, By the way, while we're doing this and trying to do something, I look over here and the fucking kid is looking up Nets games one (laughs) after another. Against Atlanta on, uh, what is this, April 11th? Who do you want to say? Out of everybody, who would you want to say? I think uh, Portland already played them, so I mean that's out. That's out of the off the table. I don't mind seeing the Nuggets. I mean they're fun. The way to, the longer we wait in the year, the less fucking chance he'll be selling a fucking twenty five dollar tickets. Yeah, Orlando <laughs> on the thirteenth. Oh, that. that sounds good. They'll pay us to go. Oh, that. Um. Yeah, I drink more soda. I think than water. Anyway, I'm pretty unhealthy. The only th- I definitely don't drink any sodas, and but I do drink quite a bit of iced tea. Iced tea. Now I'm going to guess that tea is the number one beverage in the world, even over coffee. In this country, it's the number one hot beverage. I'm just trying to say, uh-huh. you know what I mean? If I'm going to go to hot beverages, but around the world, I think tea would beat coffee, and then you have iced tea. Now is even bit into the soda market, where really an iced tea is like a soda these days. Yeah. But people, it's a soda that people can feel better about. Right? Peach, yeah, they but, think they're doing something healthy. But you're just slammed with sugar in those it's those not, kind that you buy. It's not fizzy and though. Tea seems like it's in every culture, right? Some cultures even a lot more. You know what I mean? Like. The Asian and European cultures will stop everything for tea. So if I had to guess right now, between the iced and hot teas, I'm going to say tea is the number two culture. Now, Chris, just to let you know, I want to fucking show my work. I want to show how I think, rather than be like you, and just yell out, Pepsi free. I feel like like you're done. Now, having said that, the beers, ales, and wines are in every culture. Beer could even be above tea. And in many nations, wine is their go-to. With those three things, I'm beginning to wonder if he's right on water. I think that's why I brought it up. I, I said, do you have it down as a fact that water is the most drank thing? Right. And I'm going to imagine it is because I think you probably even drink more water than you know. If not, you'd be a diabetic and you would have had multiple heart attacks. <laughs> I, I am and I have. Oh, jeez. Oh. I think Africa. Well, you look great. 
seriously, that's the amazing thing about it. I've known you forever. You look Test. your best now. Uh, the whole time I've known you in your life. The diabetes will just take the weight right off you. It's fantastic. It's a a lucky little thing. It's not even trying, really. Yeah. Well, Africa might make the whole water thing true because that's all they really drink because they barely have any of it. If they can get to it. Yeah. I mean, they're fucking walking. I mean, they might be drinking sweat more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Salty. I want to throw out milk. Yeah, throw it out. It smells awful. (laughs) from different animals, even whether it's like uh, camel's milk, goat's milk, cow's milk. I think everybody's drinking milk across the world. Children, yes. But adults don't sit down and have a glass of milk. The amount of lactose intolerance, though, is also yeah. growing. And it, just, it's, it, it hurts people, really, more than helps. All right, so are you sure about the... Um, the nature of water, that water is number one, or is that just you saying it like a dumb fuck? <laughs> well, it's everywhere. I don't, have, I don't have exact numbers, but water is the number one. Is the number one thing. You know that try. for a fact? Yeah. It is everywhere and kind of free. <laughs> it's not like a root beer lake kind in of. Minnesota. I mean, it's not everywhere. There's plenty. Half the, half the, the world has trouble getting clean water. Water is the most important thing that we have and we fucked around with it and we polluted it and we will kill for water one day <laughs> we meanwhile in america we fill balloons up with it just think like how long you let your shower run <laughs> just like you let your shower run before you get into it to make it hot enough. <laughs> enough that a village yeah. could sit down and well, and we laugh like terrible people, but we would be saving babies with the water that we wait to make sure it's hot enough before we put our dumb carcasses in there. We go to I other flash c- after every wipe. We go to other countries and we'd be like washing our fruit off. Well, what are you doing? Stop wasting that. Um so, Chris, we didn't ask you. You're the guy who brought this up. I said I believed it to be tea, the beverage tea. Fez, what was yours? Milk. Milk was your number two. And the by the way, the way that Fez says milk, it just milk. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he's drank too much of it today. It's kind of a milky milk. sound. It's so milky. I'm drinking the milk. Um, all right, Chris, what is yours? Are you looking it up online? No, I'm not. I'm not. You I'm not fucking, looking, I'm not looking at everybody else is sitting around trying to have a conversation, and you're being a fucking jerk off. I'm not looking it up. You're out of the Barclay Center. Oh, come on. Then I I'm not go. going. <laughs> if I, I got to sit, sit with this fucking nerd squad, <laughs> we're here. Look how tall they are. Also, I know a guy with a box that could help you out. If we don't, I don't if, want a box. I want to be on the fucking floor. Boxes for fucking ham and eggers. Who am I, Robert Kraft? Boxes great. Are you kidding me? Have you ever sat in a box for a game? Yeah, I sat in a box. Fucking blows. Oh, I I know. You want beer on tap right there. Forget the box talk, right? Forget it. How much are uh, floor tickets? You know, I should have looked that up before I opened my big mouth. They're about fourteen hundred a piece. Are they really? Yes. You're kidding. For a knit. Brooklyn Nets. Nets game in New York. The tickets are ridiculous. Maybe I said Knicks instead. No, and Knicks. Knicks, Knicks are like even more grand. expensive. Even more? Yes. Aren't they bad? Yes. It doesn't matter. You're Woody Allen sits Manhattan. there. 
All right. What are you, a drunk? <laughs> Just not a basketball fan. Well, why would anyone make a bet and not know what the downside is? I'll look at. All right, we, look, we can get two two. We get two fucking uh, courtside tickets for three grand. <laughs> no, for the in April, if you bought them now against the worst team in the league, the Magic, they are seven hundred and sixty-seven dollars each. You're kidding? No. Well, this was a stupid bet. <laughs> if it they is. were cheaper, everyone would be sitting courtside. <laughs> what did you think they were? Thirty-five bucks. <laughs> I figured maybe 150, 175. It, you know that fucking going to a goddamn uh, concert costs more than that now. Well, that I didn't know either. You know that Broadway tickets are like 300 bucks a piece. Are they really? Yeah. This town's gotten insane. You're the insane one to fucking <laughs> you, throw you, cash you around. You've lived here for so long. <laughs> this will cost you thousands of dollars, man. All right, what did you pick as your number two? I felt coffee was number two. And Shelby, what'd you pick? Fresca? <laughs> Flavored water count? <laughs> Flavored water. Kool-Aid? <laughs> well, he means those vitamin waters. Oh. What they do is they pour some dye and fucking sugar into a water, and then you feel good, like, oh, <laughs> this is refreshing. <laughs> These vitamins are filling my body. I know, I drink them all the time and <laughs> lie to myself. I'll take this well. Gatorade and call it water. It's even colored. They'll still believe it. All right, I'm looking. I'm gonna look it up now as we go along with this. Um, and yeah, I definitely want to see the Heat. Get tickets for the Heat. <laughs> they play the Heat. Might be a little pricier, but I got that LeBron's suck shirt that I want to wear. Sure, that shit off. All right. Now, according to this, I'm looking it up. Next to water. Tea is the most widely consumed beverage. It's the only beverage uh, served hot or iced any time for any occasion. On any given day, over 158 million Americans are drinking tea. The problem with that is I'm getting it from the Tea Association. <laughs> this is tea propaganda. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> so they might be bullshitting a little bit. I'm going to get my numbers from the coffee board. <laughs> uh, all right. Wikipedia says after water, tea is the most widely consumed beverage in the world. That's Wikipedia. Okay. That's fucking funny, though. <laughs> and I got that from the Tea Association. <laughs> all right. That was a good one, though, Chris. Although Chris would like questions that people should wrestle it, he'd like to be over within seconds. <laughs> you know what? Chris doesn't think he hunches. And if he gets a hunch, that hunch goes directly into fact. Oh, love it. I've never uh, been more than half right in my entire life. What's your next big question? Okay, check this shit out. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because you say check this shit out like you're a 14 year old. It's not going to be anything fucking... profound after that. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> check, check this shit out. Stones are the best band in the whole world. All right. We're in an alternate world, right? Oh, God. We're human I'm beings. I'm already annoyed. Human beings. All right. I'd suck John Ham's dick. Jesus. That, that came out another, of nowhere. Another easy gay dick. world. All right. That came out Jeez. of nowhere. You're in, we're in an alternate You struggled more finding a beverage. We're in an alternate world. Come is the beverage he's after. 
Mm-hmm. Humans no longer have sex for fun. There's no like no sex for pleasure. Human beings can procreate. We are, the the you know the race goes on, but we no longer have sex. We don't have sex. We don't procreate through sex. A different way. Yeah, this is a different way. We, you know, the human race is going to die out. There just is no more sex. How does this affect the world? My day goes on just as it normally would. <laughs> <laughs> no changes here. Um, see, I'm going to go a little opposite of Fez here, and by opposite, I mean all completely in the other direction, and I'm going to say that 100 percent. Of the things that we do are to please the other sex to because sex will be the reward like when we say we want money and power we mean that because money and power get sex I honestly believe that and when a man wants to write a song or uh, make a building whatever he's he does that to um, turn on the other sex, or in your case, does the same sex, whether they even think they're doing what, it or not. Exactly, everything at at the very least subconsciously is driven by this makes me more sexually exciting. Like if you were thinking, oh God, is this outfit I'm wearing stupid? You're thinking, okay. If a guy would say it's stupid, and then a girl that I like would hear that, and then... Or a girl would just look at you and just go, look at that schlub. He doesn't care. It's why married guys will get too restful, because they've taken outside sex off the table. So they start to dress terrible. Uh, They start to not give a shit one way or another. Agree or disagree? Um, With... With clothes, I would disagree. I mean, overall. Oh. Overall, the the thing that I'm going through, everything a guy does, and I'm going to guess women, women work at it a lot harder. I mean, women also try to be that the most desirable, blah, 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 and you're only doing that for sexual purposes. Would you agree or disagree? Well, I agree, and it, this would like destroy industries. Like, the makeup industry would essentially be blown out because what's the amount the, most people buy makeup for women to fucking look better so men would find them attractive but all right but let's say they were being they were wearing makeup and nice clothes to try to look better than other women is that still sexual or is that yes. competitive that's sexual for it's competitive for sexual reasons to be the hottest woman there at the end of the day what are they trying to accomplish but i would go further and i would say most things would be taken off the table. Most things people do. Like, yeah, advertising would be so much Advertising would be destroyed. And even the arts. I don't think people would try to get ahead without sex as being the highest motivating factor. I think even the way that we're greedy for money means that we're greedy for sex. Free time would be blown. What would people do with their free time? Because I think in your free time, people are either trying to pick other people up or better themselves, maybe, to be able to pick someone up sexually. Well, alcohol sales would drop and bars would go out of business. I think there'd be more drinking. I think there'd be more alcohol sold 
and more razor blades because guys would be cutting their fucking wrists. <laughs> so your alternate world would be extremely different from this one. Oh, it'd be wild. Now, Fez's even went from no change at all to, you're saying, you now see massive change. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking in my own life what it would change, but then, oh, the complete landscape? Yeah, there would be so many things. I think movies would get hurt, you know? There just wouldn't be the dating that goes just, on at movies. That, everything the, would get hurt. There wouldn't be the dating that goes on at movies. Yeah, there would be a lot less dating if there was no sex. <laughs> <laughs> Well, marriage would be pointless, right? Pointless. There would be no more marriage. Pointless. It's fucking, this is a crazy Everything world. would be pointless. Life itself as we know it, we are motivated sexually. And when a guy wants all the money, what he really wants is all the women. It's stunning to me that since men have run this fucking country, pretty much since the beginning, you think we would have polygamy fucking locked down. I mean, if you take me, if you could take to the fucking Mormons, the least fucking hit people were the only ones who came up with that idea. <laughs> and then, then here's what bugs me about the Mormons. They won't menage with it. No, yeah, it's also totally separate. Like, even that, that Sister Wives show, the guy never, like, was banging I'd be out. fucking, I'd be fucking uh, a Mormon that would fill the fucking bed up with the women. And there'd be f fucking pussy in every direction. Is, is there that, even a Mormon guy that has, like, you know... Like, three wives, and two of them are hot. I mean, they're all kind of like... Because you don't even pick your own wives, I think. Mm -hmm. I think they assign you wives. See, Brenda and Karen look like they're free in your area. What? Wait, give me a chance here. <laughs> oh, you're telling me I can buy a car, but I can't pick out my own wife. Okay, great fucking religion. And even those guys are now like fringe Mormons. Like, the, the main Oh, yeah, Mormon. the Mormons think they're nuts. All right, let's bring Howard in here. I just noticed Howard's in the background. You never give him enough mic time. Here he comes. All the stupid shit you say, Chris. You can say, <laughs> just let Howard answer for me. <laughs> Howard, you're a veteran, right, my man? That is correct. Where were you uh, stationed? Uh, I was in southern Iraq for a year. How was that? You see shit? Uh, not as much. I was at the support unit, but at any time you could just see shit pop off. But was it hot? Not really from, no, it wasn't fucking hot in the desert for a year. It's about well, he fucking smacked you down, didn't he? <laughs> you shut your fucking he fucking smacked your shit down. Uh, yeah. Hotter than... Uh, summers don't bother me here anymore. It's, it's like, that goddamn hot, huh? It's like 112 during the day. Every day. Average. You have AC, though? It, well, it depends on where you are. Yeah. Like, uh, where we were since it was taken uh, early on, uh, like, it was uh, developed and it was a, a big Air Force base. Uh, so they had, like, these... Um, best way to describe them is... Uh, these like plastic containers uh, where they have like uh, three rooms set up in each one for two guys each and you have like your little air conditioning unit. But most of the places uh, that you would go are just these big tents and they're just sort of like um, like a barracks looking thing. But it's a tent with some shitty air conditioning sort of thing in it. Uh, Humvees do have AC units in them, but you've got like this tube that sticks out um, like it's right, shitty. It, it's, it's, it's enough so you're not losing your mind. As you're driving along the road, because you've got you know 20 pounds of gear on you with just the flak vest alone, because you got the the flak vest is normally like you figure like a cop um, vest, but then they've got these plates that look like a like a, a home plate pretty much, but it's about I'd say an inch and a half thick 
that'll stop uh, an AK-47 round easy. Howard is a young intern uh, for us. A real go-getter, Chris. Oh, yeah, he wants it. <laughs> I saw him in the hall running back as after he took his piss. His hall and ass back. He's good ethic. Something I never see out of, well, even any of you guys. <laughs> I don't even piss. I hold it in forever. <laughs> now, the here's the thing about this war. I, had to go. I believe it to be the first war that there was no nightlife for. You know, like most wars would have a pretty kick-ass nightlife. If you went to Vietnam, terrible fucking place. But the great places to party, hot chicks, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. No, not existent. World War Two. you know, you're stationed in France or Italy, even Germany. Fun nightlife. This fucking war, they played down the nightlife, didn't even want you guys drinking in front of No, we them, couldn't right? drink at all. Like, uh, people, you, you find a way to do it, though. Right. But, uh, like, uh, on our post, we had uh, the Italians and the Polish. So what you would do is... You could trade with them, so you would trade them like chocolate or some shit like that, and you would get like bottles of Jack Daniels. Mm. Or uh, what the, the the cool thing would do is like um, since they don't check packages coming in, um, you you have people send you bottles of alcohol, but when you get it, you have to think of clever ways to hide it. So I, I remember that been in jail. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Except we're we're getting shot at, right? Like jail, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. But there's a lot of pills, though, right? I didn't see any. Is that right? I thought I heard that they were handing out pills, but no. uh, I don't recall that at all. Good. All right. I like your attitude. I don't recall it. <laughs> what could they do to you if they found you with the alcohol? I mean, uh, you're already stuck over there. My buddy took the rap for me because he got he was in the room when they got caught, so he just said, "Yeah, it was all mine." I think he got uh, it was like a fine. They usually get you pop you with a couple hundred dollar fine for a first offense or something like that, and just be better at hiding it next time. And you don't think the break is fucking worse? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they can always make it worse. And they can make you do shit too, right? They could mm -hmm. put you on some kind of fucking duty. Yeah, you can put uh, on a shitty detail. Well, you know, Fez forgot to tell you thanks for your service, but no uh, you know, Chris Stanley, you tell me the, the kids trade well. Yeah, he's hot fire. Like the kids say. That's why I don't like telling them what to do. I have no business doing so. <laughs> well, yeah, but you don't have to be mean when you tell them what to do. You have yeah, to say, well, here's even, the work. Yeah, even I then. I reinforcement's great. I like that. Like, tell me I'm doing well. <laughs> doing a great job, Thank kid. What, what, Actually, I think I'm older than these guys. Oh, yeah, you are. Fuck yeah. Well, everyone's older than me. Well, I'm 31. You're older than Chris. Kick his ass. But unlike Chris, you haven't spent... Your whole fucking life just chasing fucking dope <laughs> from one place to the other. You did something with it. You're just barely older than me. <laughs> me and Howie on the wrong side I'm of 30. I'm going to how old you are, Fuzzy. I'm going to tell everyone. No, you don't have to tell anyone. Why not? They take me at my word. <laughs> hmm. All right, Shelby, give us a question that you got. Well, it's been really cold this winter, like the coldest that's not a question, winter. That's a statement. It's your problem, man. I've seen, and I've seen all these dogs, like outside of coffee shops, when I'm just walking down the street, people tie them up, and they look, like, really, really sad. And it, like, I know, like, could dogs even feel, like, what kind of feelings do they have kind of gotten to my mind? But what I started thinking was do animals even know that they're alive? Do animals know that they're alive? You think animals think that they're dead? Well, like, I know that they 
like they're alive obviously they don't but they like do they even know what death is like they can can they even comprehend that sort of thing see that's an interesting question in the way that they fight to stay alive yes but do they have a concept of death do they just kind of are they just totally in the moment like when another like when two dogs they're best friends they live together when one of them dies you can see the dog is obviously sad but they even know that they are sad they don't know why they are really but they even know what sadness is I'm going to guess yes, but I don't know if they have, like, the memory. I don't think that they have the concept that we do. Now, having said that, it's still kind of even bullshit. You know what I mean? I mean, you're you're guessing. Um, But... This is one of those, like, uh, two-hit conversations, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's our our boy. He fucking takes two hit off that pipe, and he jumps into it. Like, I saw... Like I had a, I had a dachshund and it like dug up some First glass. Of all, let's just stop and laugh at you. <laughs> what? You had a fucking dachshund. A dachshund loser. fucking rule. They were hunting dogs in Germany. Yeah, what are they hunting? Sausages? <laughs> fucking useless little fucking bitches. <laughs> so go ahead. So you had a dachshund. Uh, no, not a <laughs> not a dachshund. <laughs> and a dachshund. And it dug up some glass in like the yard. So yeah. not only did it have to have its paw all bandaged up and which made it walk all fucked up, but then we had to have like this little rubber inner tube thing around its neck so it wouldn't get Boy, at you it. You must have looked so cool. So after a while of like days where it having to just walk around and not be able to lay right because it had this thing on its neck, I could see on my dog's face that it was like just the life was drained out of it and bummed out. Right. It was like the saddest. I had never seen humans look that sad, but like, did it, does it even know? Like, I, I don't even want to live know right why, now. Yeah, does it know why it's sad? Like, can it think, like, this will be over and I'll feel, you know, better? Or, like, I, I think dogs can be bummed out, but can they be, do they know what sad is? That's a fucking, I mean, that's one that we wrestle with, because I think we put our emotions on dogs all the time. Like, look at him, he's so happy, he's so happy. But Who's at the door? Yeah, because they're jumping around, I don't know whether it means that they're happy or not. But see, here's the weird thing. If you looked at Fez, and Fez has been afraid of death since I've known him. He's had a fear of death. He's had a fear of failure. He's got a fear of being hurt, fear of sickness. Would he be better off like a dog (laughs) not even knowing what is coming? Would Fez... He's very rarely in the moment, is what I'm trying to say. Like, we'll be doing a show, and I'll look over, and Fez is staring down, and I'm like, I don't know what he's thinking of, but it isn't this, you know? So would he be better off if we put a dog brain in his head? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it would. Right now, I'd say Yes. I mean, he'd still be licking us. He'd still be trying to smell our assholes. As long as you remember to feed me. He'd be in the urinal constantly smelling it. Hey, get out of there. Bye, <laughs> Would you... Do you ever wish you didn't have memory? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, because memories, you know, of of screwing something up or just an embarrassing thing, they, I can relive those in my mind very clearly. And I, w- I was just thinking the other day with my dad passing away, he never knew at any point, even when he came out of the coma type thing he was in mm-hmm. and they had to operate on him, he never knew his life was in danger. You know, they, they said, hey, we need to do this procedure. And he was able to say, yes, I want it done. But it, and then, it, then he never came out from the anesthetic, from the surgery. But he never knew, all right, this death is coming. How do you know that, though? I mean, you're assuming that. You yeah, don't know what I am. He was thinking, well, you know, coma coming in and out of things. And they say that coma victims, they 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 can realize things. Don't even fucking it's, say that. They to did. Me. They it did. freaks me out. Dude. I know. Well, Jeez, he was in a scary. sedation coma. It's not like he hit his head. Yeah, but you're still dreaming in and out of stuff. Change you know? the channel. <laughs> oh God, the thought of that just drives me nuts. That's terrifying. Do you now? You get a lot of pain thinking about your dad, right? Yeah. Would you wish you could take those memories away? And uh, only have the good memories. Yeah, yeah, I would do that. So you and I would say to you, well, "Where's your dad now?" You would say, "I don't know." We haven't my, seen him in a while. My huh? dad's a great guy. I guess he's in Florida. <laughs> oh my god, would he must still be there. Like he's that? just he's just not home when I'm there. <laughs> but seriously, would you would would that be worth the trade for you? Yeah, I would trade that. Yeah, because the 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 memory of the last week of his life is the one that is so upfront in my mind. It's actually harder to remember the good times or stuff when I was a kid. All right. You're just putting a a bright flashlight in my eye. I'm burning off your memory. I didn't go toward the light. light. (laughs) Is that one of those Dr. Steve flashlights? Yeah. They're really bright. You're welcome. Um... See, I couldn't do that because I don't like the idea of being stupid. I hate <laughs> that there's information that I don't have. You know what I mean? Even if it made me feel better. Well, and that's how you're supposed to grow as a person anyway. You, you deal with shitty stuff and you figure out how to grow. If you, all have, if you only have good things in your life, how are you going to relate to somebody at all? For It's like, oh, well, I only know good things. It's... It, it's true that if there was no pain, if there was no sorrow, there'd be no happiness. Because if you only felt happy, it wouldn't mean anything to you. Like, when you feel happy now, you're like, this is fucking great. I'm not I'm sad not anymore. I'm feeling fucking what I normally feel. <laughs> this is unbelievable. But you wouldn't know that. It would just kind of get into a comfortable numb again. Because of now, like, as of right now, how would you say you feel, Fizz? I would say I feel nervous and, yeah, anxious. So not a good feeling right now. And yet, you're completely safe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And imagine if you came from a place just two minutes ago that wasn't safe. You know what I mean? Like, you just come from a lion chasing you into this room, how would you feel then? I would feel really great and relieved. And yet, that's where you are right now. Right now, you're not in the place where something horrible is hanging over your your head. And we never are happy about this. We're never happy like, oh my God. 
I don't have a disease. <laughs> you know, the ones running around. Did you hear? No disease. You could be doing that every day of your life up to this point. Having not, not you, Shelby. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll see myself out. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. So the inches, the thing for me is I could not, I couldn't, I wouldn't buy stupid and comfortable over aware and uncomfortable. It just doesn't work that way for me. Sort of like a mini lobotomy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, right now I feel like I'm working on stupid and uncomfortable. So the comfortable rule is really appealing to me hearing about it. Comfortable is always appealing to you. It's always the first thing that you would go to. You always go to, you would pick comfort over success any day. Any day of the week, you would pick, you know, even if it was like a struggle and success compared to just comfortable and complacent, you would pick comfortable and complacent. That's your motivating factor. And it's why you're single. But what always kills me is you won't see that as a success. You know what I mean? You pick the comfort of being alone more than the discomfort of being in a relationship but then you go I've made the pick I pick comfort then you go I'm so sad I'm not in a relationship <laughs> but when we bring up from relationships you're like that's very uncomfortable you don't even like the idea of it no it's uh, it's frightening to me very scary so why aren't you satisfied with comfort why don't you say I've decided to pick comfort well, um, because my comfort isn't even comfortable. It's still anxiousness. It's not what I'm talking about overall. I'm talking about in a relationship thing. In a relationship, why do you say that you're lonely when you've picked alone? Alone and lonely to me are two different things. I like being alone. I need alone time. All the time. You actually need or seem to want more alone time than even me. And you, But you'll go, but I'm so lonely <laughs> with my alone time. Why don't you go meet someone? No, this is better. He hates what he needs. Yeah, in a way that's true. Or at least even what he wants. Like, Chris, you spend a good time of your week alone, right? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm fine being alone. You don't consider yourself lonely? No, not at all. But you got to have your... Weekend boogie, as you call it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I like to be around people on the weekend, yeah. You, you like you say this time for daddy to get his. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not that much different time. Mm -hmm. Like he has his social weekend time, but he's very rarely social during the week. Yeah. I mean, you'll see it in his job performance the next day. <laughs> we'll know if he was with his friends the night before. What about you, Shelby? Does alone scare you or turn you off? Mm, not in the present, yeah. but like 15, 20 years from now, that kind of scares me. You see yourself as a family guy? Well, no, I cannot see myself having kids. That seems awful, but I mean, just with man or a woman no i woman. can't see you with any woman hmm. that wouldn't be frightened or weirded <laughs> out by you she'd probably have something wrong with her obviously oh, yeah. we're not talking you know probably insane. i could see you with someone bound and duct taped <laughs> someone else who can't 
you know, feel love. Probably. <laughs> Do you feel like you can't feel love? I don't feel... have passion for things as strong as other people, I'd say. <laughs> that's what? That's a fucked up sentence. <laughs> It is. And that's coming from Chris. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's I'm a fucked up sentence. Yeah, I'm not saying this was the great, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Or this is, like, this, I. Well, you I told that story like that. not too long ago where you said the greatest moment of your life was a simple move that you made in a yeah. touch football game. Well, that and that was the first the thing that came. I was going for stupid, probably. <laughs> it was the only thing that came into your mind. That's all you have, dude. You were carried out of someone's backyard for fucking catching a Nerf ball yeah. and <laughs> yeah. not having a guy touch you with two hands. Probably something else, but <laughs> I don't know. I was probably just going goofy. Mm. What about you, Howard? Well, Alone versus uh, lonely. I can be alone. That's fine. I, I kind of need to be by myself, but I would like to have a family at some point. You're the only what I consider other heterosexual man in here. I'm definitely straight. Mm. Definitely. I said man. I am a man as well. You're like a straight boy. You oh, live no. your life like someone who got out of college last week, Chris. You know you do. I'm living You're it still up. Here. I know. Like what? a boy. But here's the thing. What, men can't live it up? Your money still goes to slices of pizza, cigarettes, beers, and weed. You still run with the same fucking kids now. For f since you were a fucking teenager. No, we ain't kids anymore. <laughs> nothing has changed. You live like a boy. Now, Fez lives like an 11-year-old boy. <laughs> you live like a 19-year-old boy. I'll take that. I'm going to give you that much. Thank you. Shelby, I can't even figure out. Shelby does some absolutely bizarre, brave things. And another thing that reminds me almost an infant. I don't know where his head is. How do you use a stove? <laughs> you don't know how to cook it. at all? Barely. I barely eat, so, I mean... Why does the cooking go out the window so at that point? See, Shelby reminds me of a foundling. Just some <laughs> fucking baby left in a trash fucking bag. Sort of. That's accurate. Just take it, take it not only one day at a time, one part of the day. <laughs> Still alive. We made it home. <laughs> I'm on it three hours at a time is the way I live my life. <laughs> There's predators Howard out there. I see as a young man. He's got the experience and success of his military service. He's using that to move on. And he has dreams of a family. You guys, relationship isn't even in your goddamn thing. <laughs> he is actually thinking perhaps family. Ugh, sounds awful. I saw a thing today, though, makes it harder and harder. Um, Bill Gates was saying, even more jobs are going to disappear in the next 20 years. Most manual labor jobs will be gone, he says, because they'll be done by bots. And I was so annoyed to hear him call fucking robot overlords <laughs> bots to make them friendlier. Well, he's going to be the guy who's friends with them. He'll be creating their software. He's, he wants this to happen. I find nothing crazier than to, than to see inside a factory that has no people today. 
You know uh, what I mean? In the it's Amazon creepy. warehouses, they just have you know robots flying around the floor, just find you know finding whatever people are ordering off Amazon, and then, that's it. It's fucking scary. I think it's also scary looking to see these big ships come by on the East River. You'll see giant fucking ships, tankers and stuff, have one, two, maybe three guys on them. I used to fucking go to school in Marcus Hook Elementary School. The fucking ships used to come in. It looked like the ball game let out. So many guys <laughs> would come in. They'd all have cash. They'd be drinking. They'd be fucking around. And you're like, oh, man, someday I'll work on the ships. Nope. No one will. I actually went to school before I realized that it was probably not going to work out. Uh, at SUNY Maritime uh, down in the Bronx. And that... You learn there quickly that those giant container ships need like six people. Unbelievable. Like yeah, look, six people tops. Look at Captain Phillips. He had his, you'd think, oh, three people taking over this big boat. Yeah, because there's like there's 10 no people there. on it. My brother's like a safety officer on some of those things now for like insurance purposes. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he told me he's been on these giant, and the ships are bigger than Massive. ever, ever. These ships are barely clearing the Verrazano Bridge these days. Our bridges aren't high enough for how big these ships are. And he goes, the ships are so big that they'll have them loaded with cars, and you could drive those cars 60 miles an hour <laughs> while you're driving one side to the other. And I go, how many dudes are on that? And he goes, I don't know, 10 guys. He goes, like, you'll be on certain decks that there won't be anyone but you walking around. That's weird as shit to me. Jerk off. Wherever you want. Well, even on that's that the point. first place you go. <laughs> it is. Even on the, uh, especially the crude oil ones, it's mostly just storage space for the oil, and then the only thing that they even walk through is like some of the, uh, to check uh, the levels of the oil, and then you've got like the big tower, and that's about it. Like, so that's what's only... going to happen to jobs in the future? What are we going to fucking do? We're going to have most of the country unemployed. We have a, a, a huge amount of the country is unemployed now. Can people get jobs building the bots? Robots build the robots. Robots will build the bots, yeah. Oh. They don't there's need a, us, dude. There's one goofy theory. I forget what it was, but it's like um, that the theory that robots will become <laughs> so intelligent and smart that they will be able to build and improve on themselves to where, like, you've had, like, a... The one guy, the one that'll only be able to screw in like the light bulb, but then that'll figure out how to make a more efficient machine, and then build the better machine that ends up building a better machine and a better machine, and ends up like taking over the world and traveling through space. And yet, why do we allow them no to idea. do it? Fucking Jules Verne tried to tell us that this was a bad idea. Neil deGrasse Tyson is like, dude, this thing that you carry around and talk into and keep it in your pocket, it's a robot. A phone is a robot. Stop being afraid of them. And I, and I actually said to them, that makes me more afraid, Neil. <laughs> I hate this fucking... It's like I was talking to those young girls the other day. Yeah, remember the fucking titty dancers? The online titty dancers? And they're like, someday our brains will just melt with the robots. And I'm like, that, why is that a good <laughs> thing to you? Why are you giving up humanity? You know, I see these fucking... People, we know better. We know not to fucking turn this over, and we're doing it. We're crazy as shit. I'll get the EFS. Yeah, that's making me uh, a little ants. Uh, palm sweaty. Does anything make you feel good and comfortable? <laughs> what is it, when we're off the air? Because I, I see you sometimes on the weekend, you seem fine. Yeah, it's, it's if I... Um 
Yeah, for some reason, it's it. I can. I've it's got it job. down to Sunday. It's your job that makes you nervous. You got what down to Sunday? Sunday is when a Saturday I can be fine. Sunday panic comes in. Okay, so that's not what I even was talking about. So Saturday you're fine as long as you're not working. <laughs> it's your job that you hate. No, I don't hate my job. I just get nervous. <laughs> what? Why, why would your job make you nervous? Because everything does. I get nervous at home. I get nervous at work. It's the same. Yeah, but thinking about your job. I get... No, I think of other things, too, that make me nervous. Well, tell us some of them. Uh, you know, uh, if, I, if know. all of a sudden I start having uh, palpitations... I think, all right, I'm going to end up on the floor dead. No one will find me. That's justified. <laughs> you've got, yeah. You've got experience for that. That makes me nervous. Um, for some reason, I think of... I constantly think my building's going to collapse. There's so much construction on it <laughs> going on all the time that I know they're going to knock down those brick walls on top of me. What else? Uh, someone breaking into the apartment. If I hear a noise in the hallway during the night. I like to see someone break out of the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> There's no one in there but me. That's what I'm saying. That was a joke that you would break out. Get it? I thought you meant I was holding someone hostage in there. No. I meant you're holding yourself hostage. Wait, are we sure there's nobody else in there? Mm. What else? That's about it. Just constant death thoughts. But if you don't believe in... The threat of hell, you know, as opposed to heaven, what's the what's the fear of death, really? Of just not wanting to go through it. I have the feeling to, that dying is like the worst feeling ever. I, I don't know if you it's going it, to be euphoric. Plus you, you stop living. You make uh, living sound like the worst feeling <laughs> ever. <laughs> so that's where my feelings go. It's not all about work. It's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of nerves. You're a funny guy, though. <laughs> You're a funny guy. You can take anything and, and fucking just spin it into comedy. Why well, isn't wrestling kind of making nervous? Them going off the top rope, they could kind of hurt themselves in a way. He's just looking at just their cops bouncing. <laughs> the only thing he's looking at is their ball sacks. You like those bulges, Fess? <laughs> you ever jerk to wrestling? <laughs> Yeah, I've jerked to wrestling before. Well, all right, I'm going to fucking try to guess who you jerked to. Okay. I'm going to go Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> <laughs> Can I make a guess? That would be like yeah. jerking to myself. Brooklyn Brawler. Ugh. No. Go ahead. Uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. No. Howard, what do you got? I'm trying to think of some of the older ones. Uh, Hockey Tonk Man. No. <laughs> Jake the Snake? Is it Jake the Snake? The Iron Sheik. Jake the Snake. <laughs> why do you get mad at us? You're the guy who jerked to a wrestler. I know what it is. Oh, God damn it, they just cut to a woman in the crowd. Because you these are all bad you're, guesses. You're going to hear even one, you're going to tell us one wrestler that we'll all go, oh, oh yeah, that hot. makes sense. That's a cool one, Fez. <laughs> Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Is it from the old days or modern? Uh, fairly modern. Oh, that okay. Leprechaun? Fairly modern. Hornswoggle? <laughs> mean post-2000? Yeah. Post-2005? 
Um, yeah. Right, I'm, I'm or right having, around there. I have no right, idea right. who would be that. I was going to guess Papa Shango when he said modern. Edge? Yes. The Edge? Not the Edge from U2, Edge from Oh, WWE. too bad. Broke his neck pretty much. There's been a Randy him. Orton spank, too. Oh, <laughs> you just fucking destroyed these guys. Well, Fez, they say if you can't get them to laugh with you, get them to laugh at you. Um, give us the Randy Orton background. What was happening in your fantasy? Um, it's one of those things of uh, Randy's done with his match and follow him into the locker room. It's just, <laughs> I, I see him in the shower and it goes from there. You say it's just one of those things like anyone can identify. And goes from there, how? He's in the shower, he's soaping up, I'm, then what happens? I end up soaping him up. Why? <laughs> well, it's just, he lets me. But there has to be something in the fantasy that works. There has to be logic. How do you end up soaping him? Well, Is, I, is it his is idea Is it like a make-a-wish thing, or what? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was the picture I jerked to. Yeah, because it's, um... Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, almost like I'm working there as a trainer, and I'm, like, soaping him up, what rubbing trainers? out some muscles. Wait, what trainers do they have in the WWF? He's their offensive coordinator. For <laughs> Good match out there tonight, Randy. All right. Let's stretch out those hammies. Cool down workout. You don't want to get tight. And then what happens? So you're stretching them out, and what goes on, Fuzz? And then um, I get the soap, and I start soaping them down, and I'm washing the upper body, and I work my way down. And? And then um, we hook up. Come you want on, more details? Yes. Well, then I end up blowing them. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And then he's got me in the shower. That next thing you know, well, I've next already undressed. You know. I've already, I've already undressed <laughs> if I'm in the shower with him. I forgot that part. And then, yeah, he's doing me from behind in the shower. <laughs> so you're the bottom. Yeah. What? So you blow well, him well, and then Randy is obviously a top. How, how did your nut ever get off here? You're blowing someone, then take it in the ass. Then he's jerking me off afterwards. <laughs> so after, all you get off, you get fucking mouth fucked, ass fucked, and then finally... <laughs> Ooh, you got a head job. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> Shelby is losing it. He also has wood. Shelby's had the same fancy. Oh. So there's literally nothing in it for you. You're a fucking lowly locker room fucking jockey. Yeah. <laughs> you almost killed Shelby right now. <laughs> So your fantasy life causes other people to choke with laughter. Oh yes, that's their homophobia. <laughs> no, it's no homophobia. It's just this, no matter who you are, it's the stupidest fantasy ever. Also, remember that March Madness is still on. As Fez says, the madness is going to run wild. Oh yeah. Um, head on over to the iBang. Sign up for this. The more people that do well, the more chance the Fez is buying tickets 
at maybe seventeen hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, I didn't realize that. And these much. are drinks included, right? We're getting. I'm not, I'm gonna oh yeah, it's drinks. a night out on the town. All right, perfect. So that's Nets tickets. If I don't finish on the front page of the Interabang Group for the March Madness brackets contest, I don't get it. No one asked for this bet. I never understand. <laughs> and there's no upside. If he finishes there, any, if anything, his co-workers are pissed at him. Then it's bragging rights. <laughs> bragging to who? <laughs> Not to us. Um, so you can, you can join the group and then follow my progress. I'm openly gay, Feds Watley. And what's your name when you're on there? Openly gay, oh, Feds Watley. See, see what I did there? I did a yes. little joke. I did a funny little joke. What is that like to tell a fantasy and have the people that, unfortunately, you're closest with just totally weird out by it? Well, it takes the, a lot of the fantasy out of it because in my mind it's very erotic and it's happening and I've got my mind working. And then, wait a minute, now I feel like everyone has been watching me around the uh, locker room wall. Um, okay, we got to go to the break here. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Ron and Fans on Raw Dog. <laughs> The Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Work against Fez Watley, beat Fez Watley in our March Madness, force him to buy four tickets on the floor of the Nets game. Oh, I thought you meant four tickets. Not floor tickets. No, that's the bet. If you can, if you can beat me, if you can knock me off the front page, do You'll your best. Me. You'll give them floor tickets. No, I'll give us floor tickets to the Brooklyn Nets at the Barclays Center. Tony in Atlanta, you're on the Run of Fez show. Let's have a spy report, guys. I got a spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. I know people got their problems, and I'm not being, I'm not judging them. But that uh, awful human being, Ursa, apparently got a DUI last night and controlled substance in the car. Yeah, I saw you got a DUI. I don't know what the uh, substance was. Four uh, felony counts or something? It's just pills, but he's facing four felony counts. Well, he basically, uh, he should face felony counts for the way he tweets. He just gets all fucking whacked out at night and tweets stupid shit. Anyone could tell that he's wha- he's he's hammered from those random tweets where he's just constantly tweeting about the cults and how they're, they're going to destroy everything. What does he say? Monster something? And some kind of crazy shit. They should have a law where you not only lose your license for the DUI, but your NFL franchise. Because how many people would that actually affect? Just Jim Ursay at this point. I wonder. I wonder who else would end up losing a franchise. It'd be interesting to say. I mean, too bad Leonard Toast isn't around anymore because uh, he definitely would have. Uh, here's Pete. Pete in Pittsburgh. Pete in Pittsburgh. Uh, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, uh, Ron, I'm coming up out of my depression here. Missing you by two minutes on Friday afternoon. Oh, this is I, Shelby's dad, Pete, who I uh, did not get a chance to meet because Shelby didn't tell me you were coming in. Oh, great. So you got to kick his butt for me, Ron. I uh, will. Reprimand him somehow. Uh, 
I'll make it up to you. And then, and then a slap in the face is I'm hearing that they didn't deliver the candy to you. No. Um, Hicks is swearing that Fez ate it all. Housed it. I did not eat it all. I shared it with Chris Stanley, and I thought that was just for me. I didn't realize that was for me and Ron. Well, I made it, I think, clear to Shelby. It was to be shared by all, and, uh, you know... Yeah. We'll uh, just we'll get the, we'll get together next time. All right, you're gonna you're gonna come back to uh, New York sometime. I want to go over some stuff with Shelby, how he's doing as a person and how he's growing with as a man. But we're keeping an eye on uh, on him for you. I appreciate that. I just wanted to call and set the record straight here today. All right, I appreciate right. it, Pete. Take care. All right, bye. That's uh, right. Shelby's dad. Pete, who came in to take him to the hospital the other day to be checked out for some stuff. Do you know whether you're going to have the operation or not, Shelby? Nope. Not yet. You and, don't know yet, or and, you're not having it yet? I don't know yet. And it's going to be a gland? Looks to be a gland. If you want, I would love to get a thing I would like to call it glands across America, where everybody <laughs> just sits there and goes gland to gland for you. Any way that we could turn this into something to social network would be important because we're now tweeting out our Instagrams. Or are we Instagramming our tweets? Which one is it? Both. They both they go both they go both ways. I ping me on that. I just got an email too. They want us to Facebook our Instaglands. So this oh, is that would really be great. Instaglands. Hashtag Instaglands. I don't know how, maybe an x ray. Just post that. If, no. Please try to do something where you have to shave your head, and then we all shave our head in some kind of sympathy. People love that. Even if I don't have to, I'll do it anyway, just to yeah. like get over on people. Yeah, and it was like his co-workers didn't want him to look like a dick, so they all look like dicks. <laughs> Bald idiots. Passes around all your friends. I'm going to dedicate my final four to him this year. That's big of you. I'm taking Drexel, LaSalle, Temple, Villanova, and St. Joe's. Don't do all of those. <laughs> Chris in Atlanta, you're on the run of face show. Um, hey, um, Ron, I normally agree with you, but um, as, a, as a gay guy, and I've, I'm 39, I've been out of the closet 20 years, and you were talking about um, Fez's uh, um, sex fantasy in the shower. Yeah. Most of, I'm a top, most of almost all of the bottoms that that I've done on um, they come when you're fucking them. So This is all news get, to me. I had no idea. Did I, you fess? No, not without the help of at least a reach around. No, no. Usually the guy even if he doesn't have a full heart on, he'll come before I do. You know, he'll still say, Yeah, keep going and what he's doing is jerking himself off or um or this is, I don't know, maybe a talent kind of embarrassing to admit on national radio, but I can also, you know, blow him at the same time. But uh, Wait, but how are you going to blow him if you're banging him in the ass? Because I'm, I'm five, six and a half, and I'm like 150 pounds, and I've got a six-pack, and I can just, you know, if I lift, if I lift up his ass, and, you know, as long as he's not... You know, as long as he's got more than four inches, I can, I can do it. 
Hi, but so, you still, how are you getting your head around? You, you've got to, like, drop down to one side and no, come back it, up? Missionary, missionary style. So his legs are over my shoulder. Oh, yeah, okay. I think ah, okay. Oh, hello. <laughs> oh. Is that your gay voice thing? How is that too much to I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Now go on about oh, the, the blowing and the fucking. Basically, any any gay dude um, without a, you know, that's, that's not tall, without a beer belly can do can do that. That'd I be mean, you, Fez. No, I, just, <laughs> I, I have the belly, belly, it's just not from beer. And can I, can I touch on one other thing? I know you guys weren't talking about it. I, I don't want to get all um, serious, but... Crazy. I'm 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 a, an attorney, um, criminal defense lawyer for 15 years, um, and I gotta say, the F word is my and I out of respect, I'm not saying it for you, mm-hmm. but it's my favorite word in the whole world. I mean, I every single one of my friends, they, if they call me up, I you know I see their number, answer the phone, I'm like, what's up, faggot. And they're like, I thought you weren't going to say it. I was. <laughs> Twice. Um, Wait, how do you I, say it to them when you answer the phone? What's up, faggot? Okay, thanks Wait. for being a drop. Is it like this? Like, hey, what's up, faggot? <laughs> sort of like that. You're not gay. You're we, not allowed to get away with it. Could we say that to Fez and it would be cool? I think you ought to embrace it, Fez. I would love to embrace it. I just hate it so much. What do you hate about I mean, it? I actually, I, I don't know if you ever got it. Like, I, after you came out, I sent you a nice long whatever on, uh, on the iBank um, saying, if, you know, if you need a friend or you need, um, and believe me, I don't, I'm not. Have you ever pulled over in Atlanta? Sure. <laughs> What's that? If well, he ever gets pulled over in Atlanta, he has somebody there for him. Well, no. I mean, I've been up there. I mean, I've I've been on. I've been in your studio. I mean, I've been on the A um, the O and A show before. Um, Visiting Jimmy. You know, when I, um, I'm sorry. Um, all right. So <laughs> you you got a buddy here, Fez. If you want to hear the F word, that's your big problem, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't like the word, Chris. All right, thanks, Chris. All right. Thanks for visiting. All right, eight six six Ron zero Fez eight six six Ron. Zero Fez. Uh, this is the Ron and Fez show. Your chance to win our March Madness. And March Madness, when it starts, it's so funny how excited everyone is. And then with two games, it drops off because people are so bummed out that their goddamn uh, picks have shit to bed already. I can't get enough of it when it starts. And just just trying to figure Who out... Who are you picking to win it all? I'm looking at Wichita just because they got that number one seed. Because of Wichita lineman? That too. Well, who are you picking, Shelby, to win it all? Florida. Gators. I was looking at the Gators too. Um, since I got Nets floor uh, seats on the line, I'm going. Uh, I'm taking number ones all the way through my final four with Florida winning. Can we all bring dates... No, it's just for us guys. I thought it'd be fun to just double the price of this thing. I'm down. Plus, you know me, I like to keep my feet up. Well, I could bring a footstool or something. I don't think we need to bring an extra, uh, buy an extra seat. Is the gay guy still playing for the Nets? Yeah, yeah, he's going to be there for the rest of the season. I'm going to heckle him. I got the perfect one. I just got it from Chris. Hey, 
faggot. What's up, faggot? <laughs> that could be great for everybody. Because that helps you, though, right? No, it doesn't help me hearing it over and over again. And it starting as a chant at a game isn't going to help either. What's a faggot? What's a faggot? Oh, the Barclays Center is rocking tonight in Brooklyn. Um, Charlie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie B, that guy physically threw himself at Fez. He talks sex. He talked friends. He did everything but Fezzy, please really? tell my phone number. I think sex grosses Fez out. A hundred percent. He does not want any part of the physical act. He wants to hold hands. He wants to go to dinner. He wants to watch wrestling. But the sex part is the remotest thing from his mind. Uh, I would agree Why with you. Why does it upset you so much, sir? Fez, that well, guy can bang you and blow you at the same time. Because, yeah. here, because here's the thing, Fez. Every time a guest comes in here, it turns into the advice show with Fez and how to help him get dating. And if a guy comes up and starts saying, oh, this is what I do sexually, and you're just treating it as if it's nothing, you don't come off as a gay. Like if a woman come, came in here yeah. and she starts saying, oh, I like to fucking couple guys' balls while I'm fucking riding him and he's giving me anal, we'd all be, we'd picture ourselves as that. We would huh? You mean here? Right here on this? But Fez just took it as, yeah, oh, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird that you can pull that off. Do this in a bed? <laughs> Fez got 99 problems and sex is one. Hit me! <laughs> if you got guy problems, I feel bad for you, son. <laughs> Fez got 99 problems and sex is one. Hit me! That's great. Uh, it's the Ron Fez Show. Here's Tony. Tony in Brooklyn. You're on the Ron Fez Show. First of all, can you imagine the visual of Fez and Bruce Belanche having sex? No. <laughs> that would be oof. But uh, getting back to this bet, now Fez owes you how many dinners, Ron? Like 29 or 30 dinners? How many is it? Uh, 28. <laughs> we did that. The near defense that we just went to that one. Oh, thank 20, you. 27. Yeah. Shelby, what are you doing? <laughs> thank We're you, running Shelby. Out. We're running out. Would, would this uh, next dinner, would that include dinner, and that, would that be part of the 28, or would this be 29? Well, no, we'll actually stop for one of the 28s on the way there. If we're going to be in Brooklyn, best steakhouse in the country, in BK, I know where we're going, Fez. Oh, hell yeah. Shut, slow that limo down. <laughs> I don't remember throwing a limo in on this. Well, you assume we don't want to go over there like a couple of strap hangers. No, no, we got to go over there like ballers. We're going to the court side. We're not going on a goddamn subway. It's a yeah. Hummer limo, too. Oh, oh yeah. giant. Yeah, we got to get a giant one. <laughs> uh, make sure you uh, bet in our March Madness. It's free, and you can win the Kevin Durant signed basketball. Kevin Durant signed basketball. Exciting. 
Fez, I wish there was a name to put a way to put your name in red, so it would be easy to find you. So everyone can follow. Along. Just look on the front page. I'll be there the whole tournament. Even the front page has got fifty names on it. I think we're already up over a thousand. Yeah. So you've got to finish fifty top fifty out of a thousand, which already means you have to be in the top five percent. You've got to be right there in the top 5% to come out on this. And I don't know whether you ate too much of Pete's candy to pull this off properly. There wasn't that much to begin with. Yeah, I wanted to meet your dad, and I missed him by two minutes, really. Yeah, look like he had somewhere to be. I never have anywhere to be, dude. I have to fucking rush home to come back here. He ne- he never wanted you to meet him. I, I, I walked into a... You know why? I'd tell the truth. I would tell the truth about Shelby. That's true. Chris and I weren't introduced. We just happened to be going down the hallway, and Shelby came around the corner with his dad. What'd you do? Have your mouth open like a fucking whale out there <laughs> chewing algae? Just get some candy to fall in? Well, I would tell him, I'm worried about Shelby socializing with people his age. I don't see you dating. Uh, busy. I mean, we're resources. all teasing Fez about being an ass and cock virgin, but... You're not doing much better. What's up, faggot? <laughs> that happened fast. <laughs> I know. Drop That's that really fast. fast production. Yeah. Compared to other things around here. But he got to be like that. If it's homophobic, he's really quick on the draw. It's not what we were talking about. What's up, jo- faggot? Um... So you're taking Florida win it all. Yep. They've been the lead eight like three straight years, so I know. Might as well pack up a championship for that. After a certain point. And you know, it's always like those players always end up leaving and going to the pros, so they're kinda of restarting. You know, we sat around and talked about what team is best at football and basketball. Now I'm thinking it's Florida. Your Michigan State was really right on except for I don't think they do enough in football. Yeah, they. I mean, I can't think of when they won the Big Ten. So, yeah, there's always people ahead of them to challenge just for the conference title. Duke is attempting to put together a uh, football program. Yeah. Uh, What about Texas? They always seem to do well in both. It's got to be a massive school. USC, I think, makes a run at both. UCLA could be uh, thrown in as caring. Not really at the top of either place anymore, but competitive in both. Notre Dame attempted for a few years. Now they gave up both sports. <laughs> they don't even care anymore. Well, they're doing really well in communion. <laughs> There's a kid that went in and had 18. 18 wafers. What? What? What's up, faggot? Yeah. That really bothers me, Fez. Yeah. That you, you and your thank friend you for that. Yeah, thank you for being bothered by it. Instead of giggling about it. Steve, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, did you hear about the new hashtag trending in America? What's up? It's, what's up, faggot? Don't do that. I don't think it's something the show wants to be known for. Uh, Brent in Iowa, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey guys, just wanted to tell Fez that Michigan State won the Big Ten last year. Did they? Football. Yep. Hmm. So they're a threat in both, right? Well, that's right. Yeah, they went to little... the Rose Bowl. You're right. I thought I thought you gave up watching college football. 
Well, I guess I did because I couldn't remember that fact. What are you writing up in there? Just trying to see what's trending right now. <laughs> don't worry about what's trending. I don't want to trend every five seconds. It's important. I don't want it to be important. I don't want to tweet my Instagram. Um, Tyler, Sacramento. Ronnie, uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, especially over the past 10 years, they both had really good uh, football and basketball programs. You know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Blake Griffin came out of Oklahoma. Their football team's always up there in Oklahoma State. That's a team you just don't want to play, especially with that one kid going around pushing fans. I think it's a good call. I think he, I think he pulled it off. Now Oklahoma finally has a pro team that might win it all. Yeah. Oklahoma. This is what it should have in a like, license plate. Oklahoma. We're no longer the steers and queers joke. I don't think they'd print that. How about this? Oklahoma. We suck championships, not cocks. Oklahoma. That could get at least like one of those wraparound bumper stickers. I'd definitely love to be fucking governor of Oklahoma. I'd probably just go there with a lighter and fucking people would think I was a god. It can't be hard to <laughs> run that fucking place. <laughs> Where's some place that you feel like you could go and run if you showed up there? Fez, what? I'm going to go to you first. If you just showed up, you feel like you'd be the fucking hippest guy in town. Uh, Wasilla, Alaska. Okay, short answer. Based on the Sarah Palin? Yeah, just uh, uh, that town could obviously... There's nobody there. You could run it very easily. Um, George in Austin, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, guys? Sounds like a million bucks. Thanks. Um, I have a little story about what up, faggot. So I'm, I'm drunk in Atlantic one time. I leave uh, this club and I go in Austin. I yell at these guys, yo, what up, faggots? And they look at me all puzzled, like, are you talking to us? I was like, y'all the only faggots here? And bing, boom, bang, they whooped my ass right in front of a cop. Were they gay guys? No, they weren't. I don't know why. I said it was sort of like a turn of endearment for guys. Like, what up, bros? I was like, what up, faggots? And uh, next thing I knew, they kicked my ass. Bing, pow, boom. You should leave his life as he was out there. Matt Rochester, you're on the Run Fez show. Fez said they didn't remember the last time Michigan State won the Big Ten in football. They just won it this year. Jesus Christ, Fez. They just won. Oh, what the hell is this? I wish someone had Come called on, and man. told me that. Wayne in Chicago. Hey, Ron. I just wanted to throw uh, Ohio State in there. They're uh, they're pretty good at basketball and football. I don't know if we're looking for pretty good. We were looking for the best program overall, the best one-two punch. And I don't think we can get outside of Florida right now. No, they, I think Florida wins it. They won those back-to-back in basketballs like six years ago. Yeah. Then they had that net football, too. Yeah, don't fucking forget they came out with a young Christian boy who fucking took over the NFL and taught us all how to T-ball. Holy shit. It looks like that that 707 has showed up at the Newark airport. Everybody's just jumping off and doing fucking great. Oh According God. to them, they were just lost. They just know what the fuck they were doing. Why were you guys freaking out so bad? Oh, we turned off the transponder so that we could all plug in our fucking headphones. We couldn't do both. We didn't want to worry you. Let me ask you something about the transponder. The reason of that is so they'll always know where the airplane is, right? Right. right. Why do they have an off button? 
Why would you ever have an off button? That we could track this anywhere unless it's hijacked. It's sort of like in uh, every like, you know, Bond movie. There's a self-destruct button on everything that this whole building is going to blow up in five minutes. I just don't fucking get it. The entire point of this is to always know where the plane is. And it works right up until there's a fucking hijack. Why wouldn't you want to know where the plane is? Um, here's uh, Brian. You're on the Run of Fez show. Brian. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, Sorry. I can hear you on the fucking radio. <laughs> yeah, right. Fezzy keeps saying that uh, he can't remember the last time Michigan State won anything. They won the Big Ten Championship and the Rose Bowl, and they just won Big Ten Championship in basketball. You know, Fezzy, you're fucking leaving out Michigan State. Yeah, I wish there been... was just somebody who would call and correct me. Just one person. They've been kicking ass and taking fucking names, you subtle bastard. <laughs> you ought to be fucking crawling on your belly right now, asking for forgiveness for those fucking Spartans. So, Fezzi, do you already fill yours out? No, I haven't filled mine out yet. I am doing research. I'm not going to go into this haphazard. I'll get it filled out tonight. All right, I'm telling all these people to join, and you haven't done it yet. Oh, I'm in. You can you say openly, Fez Wat openly gay Fez Watley. I'm oh, in there. Oh, my God. Uh, I am in the group. Uh, I'm in it. Uh, Shelby Lynn is straight. So look um, for me on there, too. Look me up One of as, us is lying. Look me up as, what's up, faggot? <laughs> Don't use that as a... Game ID. What's up, faggot? He actually sounds a lot tougher saying it than, than me. Um, JR in Oklahoma, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, why don't they have GPS like cell phones on these damn airplanes? How hard is it? They know where, like, I'm a toothless redneck and they can always find me. How come they can't find 777? You know, JR, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Apparently, that plane never crashed. Somewhere, it's sitting with tree branches all over it, like Marty's fucking DeLorean, behind a giant sign, and no one can find it. Then they load it up with nukes, and they're going to come flying it in to the fucking West Village. That's the plan. We know the fucking plan. Why nuke the West Village? My neighborhood. Well, everything's going to get hit, Fuzz. You're just going to fucking burn first. Ground Zero. He's, he's going to be lucky. He won't survive. You'll be one of the lucky ones. The living will fucking wish they were you. I'll be in a story of fucking slowly dying of radiation poisoning. It's going to be awful. Uh, What's different? Uh, <laughs> my face is burning. I'm going to run down the fucking, fucking street naked like the name pop girl with my little fucking hairless <laughs> vagina. <laughs> How come the napalm girl isn't considered kitty porn? Put some fucking hot pants on her. Oh, it's under that journalism umbrella bullshit. It's too hot. Here's Bunny in Tampa. Hey, Fez. I don't know if you remember this, but also last year, Mich Michigan State won Publishers Clearinghouse. How the fuck did you oh, miss that, Fez? You yeah, did fucking great. That's you right, never even bring him one of them once. The big check was at the university door. Damn. What is with you, Fez? In other words... What's up, faggot? That's what they're saying right now. 
in the St. Patrick's Day parade. <laughs> I don't understand how the fucking Irish could be anti-gay when they all look gay to me. Right. Fucking red hair, freckles. The only thing they're missing is a face full of cum. <laughs> <laughs> Do they wear kilts or... Oh, no, it's Scotland. Oh, what are sucking and fucking and licking and ch- <laughs> sucking and fucking and licking and picking? Fucking crazy animals. Look, they don't come off as gay. They fucking cry when they drink. They love their moms. They fucking worship their moms. They piss the bed at night. First Pearl Baptist should be... Love rainbows. And they're ready to fight at a fucking drop of a hat. Hmm. Queer nation. Ireland, more like queer nation. (laughs) What are they doing for fucking Phelps? What's the family? Is the family with him? When Fred Phelps um, uh, dies, we ought to go protest this fucking funeral. (laughs) And just write another dead fag. (laughs) (laughs) Just standing outside the house. Feds, you going to be in the gay pride parade this year? Well, I haven't made any plans yet, but yeah, a return to a float would be fantastic. I'm not going to march. It's just too hot and too long. Fred Phelps was excommunicated this past August. What took them so long? He got sick. Well, things have to go properly, and we wanted to see what was going on with that Noah movie that Chris loves so much. Uh, Marlon, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, guys, uh, Fez fucked up. Uh, Michigan State just won an Emmy like two weeks ago for Best Picture. They, uh, an Emmy, huh? You are. The thing about the Michigan State is they're the only college in America with the EGOT Emmy, Grammy, Oscar. Tony. Let it go. Let it go. I haven't even fucking understand that song, why people love it so much. Um, here's Justin in Collins Road. You're on Ron Fez show. The transponders on planes have uh, switches. Is that everything in the cockpit has an on-off switch? And the reason for that is one of the most dangerous things you can have uh, in the cockpit is an electrical fire. So they need to be able to, the way it's built, it's segmented. So you can quickly shut down that area and put the fire out without having to shut down everything else, like, you know, the flight controls and everything. Just keep the thing on so we know where it is. I'll tell you, so far, Anthony has been the only person I, I believe in. I believe it's in Pakistan for real. Or Pakistan. As Obama and Chris Stanley say. Yeah, Pakistan. That's, you know, that's how it's supposed to be said, man. Chicken Pakistan. Uh, Irish guy in Boston. Yeah, what's up, man? Uh, you guys are terrible. You're even worse today than usual. But, I mean, come on, man. With all that shit about the Irish. Come on. All their shitting and fucking and farting and fucking and shitting and fucking and farting and fucking. You're the only, even the Boston goddamn mayor won't go to their parade. It's a train wreck out there. And we're watching on the TV. There's no one there. You know why? Guinness ain't there. Heineken. Sam Adams. They're going to have to gay the fucking parade up to get their booze back. You guys want all your liquor. As usual, Irish guys, you're going to have to blow someone earlier in the night. (laughs) But seriously, Fez, with the amount of bitching that the gays do, Uh you're going to have people disliking you more and more. 
You can't force your way into a party that somebody doesn't want you to be at. The party's supposed to be for everybody. No, it isn't. It's a fucking St. Patrick's. I, they don't even let the Protestants into that fucking parade. This was an Irish Catholic parade from day one. You got to give it to them. Let them have your day. Then you got the gay day. Where you guys are down there, you're wearing fucking short shorts. Dancing. Yeah. Grinding. Keep, like they say in keep those... Keep talking. No oldies. The exact opposite of the oldies. Um, Mark, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ron. Hey, Fez. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say two quick things. The first thing is uh, the number one in basketball and football is Florida State, not Florida. Um, the second thing is just about the whole Malaysia flight thing. Uh, to be honest with you, it's just a diversion from the government, man. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy guy, but to be honest with you, it's just something to fuck with your head so they can go into um, Ukraine and Russia and deal with that shit while we're occupied worried about a fucking plane. I don't know whether anybody saw the Vice program over the weekend. Yeah, I saw it. But you want to know why we're broke? Look at the money we've wasted in fucking Afghanistan. Look at the hundred and billion dollar fucking aid that we've wasted in Afghanistan. Might as well just burnt that cash. It's It was fucking terrible. Or basically giving it to the terrorists. Because that's where it all fucking ends up. And again, why is Vice doing this? And not MSNBC. Why is Vice being able to pull this documentary off and not CNN or Fox News? You're an embarrassment, news people. You know, somebody tweeted something kind of offensive, so they got to get on that. Do me a favor. Retweet that. I want to retweet everything that's offensive, because then we'll get retweeted. Everyone, please retweet our tweets. And then retweet those retweets. Tweet the retweet. Tweet the retweets. Yeah, well, hold on. Tweet the retweets. Luckily, we've taped this show, so you can take it from the top. Go ahead. Tweet the retweets. I'd rather that they retweeted the tweets. But then those retweets, tweet those. But wouldn't you retweet those? <laughs> you got to retweet I like retweets. It. Look at this. There's more people in Times Square shopping than there is at the fucking Irish Gay Day parades. By the way, I'm just saying to that guy in Boston, I'm sorry if we offended you. Don't pay any attention to us. Drive off, have gay sex, and call us tomorrow. We'll send you into the prize closet. I have the uh, live feed of the music they're playing down here at the... All right, that's the St. Patrick's Day Parade going by. It's one of the marching bands. Kurt, in Orlando, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys, Maha Bones. Maha. All right, you got to put this to bed because it's got to be Florida for one reason and one reason only. No other team in school history in the history of NCAA has held the national title in football and basketball at the same time. They won back-to-back in 06 and 07 in uh, basketball and uh, 08 and 06 in football. Modern gods. Modern gods. Florida Gators. See, we all do that gator fucking thing like that. Chomp, chomp. Yeah, you just turn your clap sideways and you're like, oh, look at me, I'm a gator. I chomp, chomp.
why you tell me, Shelby, why your dad's candy mm-hmm. for everyone would Fez decide just belonging to him? Uh, I don't know. We just gave it to him. I thought it was cigars at first, the way it was packaged. That would have been fantastic. It was just truffles. Truffles have ridges. <laughs> Let's talk about how to win in our football pool. You go to theinterrobang.com to sign up for the third annual Brackets Challenge. That'll direct you to ESPN. Make sure you join the Interrobang group, and you can start filling out your brackets now. Just a couple days left. Start f- Sign up, start filling out, and get ready for the madness starting Thursday. Let's beat Fez. Let's win the ball. Let's make something out of ourselves this year. You can't enjoy this sport unless you have a bet down. Here's a way for you to win basically a trophy, a beautiful basketball, free. Free. And everyone can enter up to ten times, ten different entries per person. You don't have to do that, though. I enter once, like a rock and roll star. Um, all right, I think we got to get out of here today. Uh, I want to thank... The folks we talked to over the weekend for the David Brenner Tributes Show. Uh, Bobby Slayton, Jimmy J.J. Walker, Gary Goldman, Kevin Pollack, Jeffrey Gurian for helping so much, Chris Mazzelli, owner of the Gotham Comedy Club, the great Alan Zweibel, one of the finest writers, Rick Newman, who started Catch a Rising Star, Bud Friedman, the man who started the improv, the wonderful Eddie Brill, and Bernie Firstpon owner of the Metropolitan Room, all called us Saturday night to uh, as part of the tribute for David Brenner. We've also been asked if we could uh, send that over to David's family so that they would like to hear it, Chris. We'll take care of that today. Um, do me a favor. If you send any of the stuff today, take out some of the gay bashing that Fez did and the gay baiting that I did with the Boston guy. Will do. Like, take out Shelby playing Dancing Queen and saying that's the parade going by. <laughs> oh, yeah, that won't, that won't make it. Uh, you find it for searching for David Brenner on demand. Obviously, it's not under the name uh, Ron and Fez. Uh, and then you search for it by Unmasked Unmasked uh, the time that I sat down and talked with David Brenner. So, on demand, search for David Brenner and Unmasked. Thank you guys so much for being here today. We'll uh, be back in here tomorrow. Fez Watley is going to do a, I bet he does every Tuesday. Smash grapefruits with his bare hands. Just actually squeeze grapefruits. The guy's got incredible hand sh- strength. <laughs> These are the pink ones, too. They're tougher to squash. That's it for us. We're going to let it go out with the pink ones. They're tougher to squash. <laughs> to let everyone know. It's been a hell of a show. Chris? Yeah. Turn off the transponder. I'm taking this motherfucker to Pakistan. Let's go. And that's the end of my show. Dong. You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to the Ron and Fez show.
It's now over. But don't worry, you can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. This show was brought to you by Afro and Friends. You can get other high-quality Opie and Anthony-related audio from the website afroandfriends.blogspot.com.